0: Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome into Hoopsil on this Sunday, January 20th. And it is, for NFL fans, it is Super Bowl Eve, as it were, because it's the last Sunday of real football before the Super Bowl. Congratulations to the Rams, who surprisingly are on to the Super Bowl themselves. And, of course, the other game just getting underway now. We'll keep an eye on it. Well, I won't. I'm just saying that to be nice. If you've got questions for us, tweet us at D3 Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville. Email us, Hoopsville at d3hoops.com. Join us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Hoopsville. We thank you all for taking the time to join us on this Sunday evening. Lots to talk about in Division Three. Certainly plenty to chat about uh, on this show. If you got questions, send them our way. We'll do our best to get uh, into them, as it were and figure out what's going on with what you got and what we see. Lots to talk about. There's been upsets, not surprisingly. There's been some, uh, some shakeups and some conferences, not surprisingly. There's going to be lots to talk about, to say the least. Um, oh, sorry, just reading a question from a fan. I know you are online with us, and we thank you for doing that. You can also interact with us on um, the chat boards if you need. And you can do so pretty easily through Facebook, where we're simulcasting the show. And we hope all of you uh, tuning in there are enjoying it. And uh, on YouTube, there's a chat room as well. Uh, Mark Carini saying, finally, I can catch the full show. Well, thanks, Mark. Does that mean your football team might not be playing tonight? <laughs> uh, but thanks, Mark, for uh, tuning in. Tell your friends. Let uh, others know that we are here and, uh, on, and enjoying it with you. Um. Let's see here. So, obviously, we have upsets to talk about, underdogs. It's kind of a, a theme. I know there haven't been a lot of upsets, but there's been enough, and we've had upsets all season, but we finally went with it for a title uh, here this evening. Um, to By the way, lots of things we need to talk about, about milestones, too, and that's part of it, too. As as the title of the show, or the I should say the first sentence on our tease was... Uh, Milestones, upsets, underdogs, under the radar, and giving back. That's what's on tap for Sunday. We, we've had teams who are flying under the radar. That's who we will profile here tonight. We've had teams who have been pulling off upsets. We've had teams who are the underdog to some degree. Even the number one team in the country, I would argue, uh, many may think, is an underdog. Uh, and, of course, milestones. Um, coaches hitting uh, milestones or players hitting milestones. We'll talk about it all here this evening. We mentioned we start with milestones. We mentioned um, New Jersey's New Jersey City's um, uh, Bacon, love the name, uh, Bacon uh, getting over 2,000 uh, last game. That was before Thursday's show. Well, now she's officially gone past the Jack record for scoring in a game, and we congratulate her for that. I'll double-check exactly how many points she's got, as I, I do have a nice email that I will – here it is. Breaks the L time NJAC record, 2,052 points now and counting. And I was thinking to myself, you know, you know that's certainly a significant accomplishment. We've had our fair share of, of, of student-athletes who've gone over 2,000, and we'll have our fair share this year in women's basketball. There's two more who are knocking on the door, as it were. Yeah, let's see if I can find that number quickly else and i i ad-libbed on myself here we have a records watch section um you got two you got haley uh Sandin at bethany luther and she needs uh, 195 points to get to 2000 you also have madison temple at thomas moore she needs 60 points to get to that now if thomas moore was having a normal season uh you would say she'd probably do it in the next week or so granted she's at this point because they've already played 21 uh some odd games or 22, I should say, games already. So uh, I, she's got at least three more games. I think they <clears throat> play a couple in early February, if memory serves. So my gut tells me she'll get that mark in early February. The question is, can Sandon get 195 before that? And who will be the all-time scorer? For, not all-time scorer, but who of those three will finish with the most points at the end of the season? My money's on, on Madison Temple. But Bacon is certainly going to make that interesting, I think, and it'll be fun to watch nonetheless. But congratulations to all those ladies on their accomplishments. Um, also, other milestones we should point out. Um, Husson's uh, Kissy Walker collected her 500th victory uh, this weekend, became the 200th active Division Three women's coach to hit that, which also tells you how many women's coaches are so good out there. And uh, we are, obviously they're now all chasing Yasinov who is uh, distancing himself from his friend Mike Strong in that category. So congratulations to all. Mark says, anybody but the Patriots. Mark, I know a lot of people like that. I'm not that surprised by your response (laughs) to me on that. Uh, It seems like it's either one or the other for most people. All right, so let's talk about some of the upsets. We have a full show, actually. Let's talk about the full show first. We're going to have to keep things moving tonight because I went and got greedy. First, we're going to hear from Hillary Scott from the 17th-ranked Lynchburg Hornets. They continue to do well this season. We'll talk a little bit more about how the top 25 worked out in a moment. But they uh, got through another good weekend of ODAC play. We'll talk to Hillary about his squad. Joe Crispin will come on from Rowan's men's basketball. You talk about uh, maybe under the radar to some degree. We have talked about Rowan a little bit on this show. The question really becomes... When are they going to pop into the top 25 at this point? They are the co-leaders in the uh, NJAC with four losses, uh, three of them coming in, in N-Jack play. I think there's a fair argument to say maybe they are or not a top 25 team, but right now no one's voting for them. We'll talk about that quite a bit uh, with him. Tim McDonald will join us from Cabrini. They're not having the best of seasons, but they've got a wonderful uh, – they and several others have a wonderful um, – um, I'm sorry, I lost the word I'm looking for. A a moment tomorrow isn't the right word. They will be giving back on Martin Luther King Day um, by doing a a a a clinic, for lack of a better word. Basically, giving back to the communities with funds from that clinic. uh, The money that they raise going towards their community. So, in the spirit of Martin Luther King, doing some community service. They're not the only ones, but we thought it'd be appropriate. So, we'll have Tim on the show in the nabc coaches corner excuse me i've been outside it is freezing cold uh, that snowstorm we were expecting never showed up it always rained for us however the temperature has gone from low 40s mid 40s today to already in the mid 20s and expected to get down near zero tonight um, so my nose is running because i was out at a neighbor's house um briefly uh, unfortunately i wanted to be there longer but briefly my day did, didn't go according to plan. And my nose is now running from, the, from what that triggered. Anyway, we'll, we'll get it taken care of in the break. Uh, Chris Martin from the CCIW will come on. Uh, that's our Central Region guest. We'll talk to him about the CCIW. We'll talk to him about the men's and women's races. We'll also talk about uh, his retirement upcoming and and the work he has done in that CCIW and in Division Three also maybe get a little bit of a preview of the NCAA convention, which is coming up this week. There's no legislation on the dockets for basketball specifically. There is some general legislation for Division three that you may be interested in. We won't go into the weeds on that necessarily. But, of course, there is the legislation that all three have to vote on, and that is whether to add five members to the governor's um, um, council, which is the overarching um, uh, group that runs NCAA. And of those five members, I'll be curious if Chris Martin thinks any of them will become, will be from Division three or have Division three roots. I also believe some of the rules with that are that they can only serve back-to-back three-year terms at the most. So the idea being you rotate. I'll be interested to hear his take on that. Uh, then we'll talk to Abby Kelly from Bowden, the number one team in the country in women's basketball. The senior guard will join us. We actually talked earlier today on the worries that this storm that blew through our neck of the woods and didn't do much here – would do too much up in New England uh, and in Maine. And uh, I don't know if they've got power now or not, but we decided to get that out of the way. We talked to her coming up. And then Ryan Scott will join us with a top 25 double-take. If you know this show well enough, you know that's a lot of guests, Dave. Yes, it is. And that means we will go into overtime, though we'll try not to go too far for our valued uh, listeners. So there you go. That's how the show breaks down, and we hope you'll uh, enjoy it with us. If you've got questions for us, tweet us at D3Hoopsville and hashtag Hoopsville. Email us, hoopsville at d3hoops.com, and join us on Facebook, facebook.com hoopsville. Got a few minutes here, not only to maybe answer some of your questions, but also talk about, um, excuse me, the top 25s. Uh, Jay on Periscope Twitter says, WashU women's basketball coach Randy Henderson got to her 200th Friday against NYU. You are right, Jay. She did. Congratulations to Randy Henderson. But compare that, and it's a great milestone to get to two hundred. But remember, she she left Division Three. She got a lot of those wins. Um, at uh, was it Central? Wow, how did I just forget where she was? Anyway, but there's 20 active Division Three members who are over 500. Just shows you while 200 is certainly not a milestone we want to take lightly. Just how good basketball coaches have been in women and and long term, rightly or wrongly, but long term and good in women's basketball in Division Three that we have 20. With 500 or more wins. And remember, don't compare this to Division One. They play a few more games in Division One. All right, so let's take a look at the top 25 so far. In men's basketball, a handful of losses. I think the biggest surprise is Williams went 0-2 for 2 this weekend. Uh, they lost to Amherst on Wednesday. We talked about that, obviously, on Thursday's show with the sound from Aaron Toomey. But followed it up with an 80-66 loss to Middlebury. That's just not a good uh, result, in my opinion. I, I know... To, to some degree, that NESCAC play is hard. We know Williams is a good team. But when you've already lost to Amherst to then go lose by 14 to Middlebury, who's receiving votes but not in the top 25, and it's not to take anything away from Middlebury. They're a good team. It's just a surprising result. Um, and Williams is going to tumble as a result of it. I, I've had them at six on my top 25. That's where they are. They're going to fall a little bit there. How far they fall is debatable because some teams behind them also lost. But Williams will take a little bit of a hit there. Uh, Hamilton defeated Geneseo and then had their game against Amherst postponed due to the weather. It's so interesting that Williams and Middlebury are able to play, but Hamilton and Amherst were not. Granted uh that game i can't remember if that game i think that game was at hamilton and so getting to hamilton was probably going to be a little bit more problematic than getting up to middlebury to be honest um st john's lost to Carrollton. um i believe i saw stokeman didn't oh no stokeman did play i apologize 66-63 surprising Carrollton's not having the best of seasons but that now takes st john's into their matchup on monday against st thomas with much more on the line now as St. Thomas is a little bit more in the driver's seat here. Uh, so big rivalry game there, a lot on the line, especially for St. John's, who's not going to want to lose two in a row. Stevens Point in the meantime lost two. That's surprising. They lost to Lacrosse, 61-57. We talked about that on Thursday show, but then fouled it up with a loss to Platteville, 61-60. Listen, we talked about the Wyack being a battle this season, but there's certain results I expected. I expected Stevens Point to beat Plattville. Platteville has been. Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde this season. They have been all over the place. I've seen them in person. They, don't, they, they were good, but they didn't blow you away. That went over Stevens Point. says a lot. Stevens Point now with five losses at 11-5. and five, They will tumble as well. Swarthmore lost to Ursinus. I'll tell you right now, I'm not shocked by that. I still think Swarthmore is a good team. From what I gathered, and I had my own uh, distractions on Saturday, but I wasn't able to watch. From what I gathered, Swarthmore... Or, Ursinus shot extremely well, and you're going to win games when you shoot really well. And they attack that more defense, and that SWAT that defense is tough. But if you're going to attack it and get to the free throw line and hit your free throws, then you're going to have a good night. And, and clearly, Ursinus had a good game plan there. We'll see how SWAT responds from that, but I'm not overly surprised to see SWAT lose a game like that. Uh, St. Thomas got through the weekend unscathed. MIT had a heck of a game against Babson. And Jerko is back. We hinted that he might be back. He got back and scored 37 in what ended up being an overtime win over Babson. Um, MIT is starting to look scary again. Granted, Babson is looking good. That's only Babson's fifth loss of the season. They were on a run there for a while. Babson is looking good. The, new Mac, the top of the New Mac is going to be a fun battle to watch because I think Springfield's going to get their feet back under them as well. I think that's a conference you're going to want to take a look at the rest of the season. Plattsburgh um, lost both games to Oswego and Cortland. I'd be shocked if they stay in the top 25 right now. Lost to Oswego by two, lost to Cortland by two. They Remember, we had them as a debatable team last week, and it's starting to look that way. Really surprised by that. Capital lost to Heidelberg earlier in the week. We mentioned that, but then they cut back over Ohio Northern. 102-49. That says a lot about Ohio Northern struggles this season. That says a lot about how good Capital is as well, because remember, you think Ryan Bruns alone would keep you from getting to 102 points, but apparently that is possible. Whitewater, who had lost to Oshkosh early in the week, and defeated River Falls. And Salisbury, they're going to come out of the top 25 as we initially predicted. Tumbled. They're tumbling right now. Um, Ninety, to seventy-five was their loss to York earlier in the week. Frostburg nipped them ninety-seven, eighty-six. And the CAC is eating themselves, and Salisbury I think is now that 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 lore or that that um, um, air of what they were doing earlier in the season is rubbing off, and uh, not not they're not doing as well. Wittenberg, by the way, had to survive two overtime games. They they went. 98-94 overtime against Ohio Western, which, remember, then Oberlin took him to overtime. I, I wonder if voters remove Wittenberg from the top 25 this week as well because other teams are going to put in and back-to-back overtime games, especially to Oberlin, even though it's a win. I don't know if they stay as a top 25 team. Gordon lost. I've been voting for Gordon, and they lost to Western New England I've been nervous about that vote for Gordon. I think they come out of they'll lose a ton of points now, including myself. New Jersey City lost to Rowan. That's a battle of top twenty-five teams. New Jersey City now at five losses already. We we talked earlier this season about New Jersey City kind of playing with fire with their season right now. Uh, Wheaton lost earlier, but they beat North Park. Mount Union lost earlier in the week, but they beat Wilmington. Occidental. It's, it's coming apart. They lost uh, to Redlands one hundred one ninety seven and Pomona-Pitzer this week. Illinois Wesleyan lost to Augustana. So Augustana had a, a tough week, beat Wheaton and Illinois Wesleyan this week. That is a hats off to them. Um, they beat Illinois Wesleyan by 22. I don't know what has happened to the Titans, but they don't look like the team we saw at the beginning of the season. Women's Top 25 will recap later in the show. So there you go. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we will talk uh, men's basketball with Lynchburg. We mentioned they had a good week. And that was a good week. Defeated Washington Lee eighty-two seventy nine and then beat Eastern Mennonite, though that's a tougher game than expected. Seventy-eight sixty-six. We will talk to them about all of that. You're listening to Hoops Hope presented by D3hoops.com from the WBCA N A B C Studios. More hoops when we return.
1: Being a part of the different activities and organizations that I've been a part of, I'm actually able to see myself where I'm like, hey, I actually can make a change. I'm one person that can make a difference.
2: Division three has helped me to develop teamwork skills, critical thinking skills, time management skills.
3: It's not just about basketball or it's not just about school. It's about developing yourself as a person altogether.
4: Welcome to the University of Wisconsin-Eau Claire, home of Blue Gold Athletics. UW-Eau Claire has been ranked a top five regional public university for over 20 years. We graduate champions with the lowest debt and highest return on investment in the Midwest. Blue Gold Athletics is a Directors' Cup Top 20 Division III program offering 22 sports with almost 700 student athletes. UW-Eau Claire is about excellence in the classroom, the field of competition, and the community.
5: Are you the next Blue Gold? My name. Marcus Walker. I was All-State, won a state championship, a high school All-American, and played college and pro ball. I played because I love the game. I grind to be the best. I sweat because I put in work. I'm strong because I believe. When I want to bring it before game time, I come to the house that college basketball built, the CBE. No matter your skill, take it to another level. Elevate your game right here at the College Basketball Experience at Sprint Center.
2: I coined my definition of success in 1934. My definition of success is peace of mind attained only through self-satisfaction and knowing you made the effort to do the best of what you're capable. It's like reputation and character. Reputation is what others perceive you to be. Character is what you are.
0: And welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody, on this Sunday evening. If you've got questions for the show, the guests, or whomever, tweet us at D3Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville. Email us, Hoopsville at D3Hoops.com, or join us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Hoopsville. remember, on these uh, Sunday evenings, we primarily talk Northeast, Atlantic, South, and Central regions, though that doesn't mean we don't uh, have other guests on or talk about other topics um, but those are our primary, and we can't hit all four usually. We're, we're hitting all four tonight, which is why this show is going to go into overtime tonight. Um, so we jump, and we're going to start tonight with the South region, and we're going to start with men's basketball in the ODAC. the end of the season, I thought, okay, Roanoke I think is going to be darn good this season, and I think they're going to be at the top of this conference. randolph Macon's probably going to be in that conversation as well. I think WNL will be improved, and Emery and Henry will see how they recover from last year's amazing season, we'll probably be in the conversation. Well, Lynchburg is at eight and one in the conference, along with Randolph-Macon, and Lynchburg is at seventeen and one overall. Guilford's at seven and two, Roanoke is two games back of the leaders, along with Virginia Wesleyan and Washington Lee is two and a half back, and Emory and Henry's three back. Not exactly what I thought it would be at this point in the season, especially from the Hornets, who have had some great seasons. Don't get us wrong, but we're we're a little bit removed from that 23, 23 and seven run that they had. A little birdie in my, told me in, their, in my head he thought that they may be just as good as Ro, Ro, Ramapo was last season. That's pretty impressive. So, Hillary, we decided we had to talk to somebody. Hillary Scott will join us now on the Blue Frame Technology. Football has taught me a lot
3: throughout my life. It's definitely had a huge imprint on who I am as a person competing at a Division three level. It created that opportunity for me to go to college. Not only was I the first one in my family to graduate college, but I was really the first one to even go. Being the first one, I'm breaking that cycle, and, and now that I've graduated, I'm not sure what's the next step, but I know I have a lot of doors open. And a lot of those are open because I played
10: football and ran track here well, at Iterbine. We did minutes for us last year, and, and you know, we had our, our whole team returning and, and um, you know expecting four seniors to play a lot for us. We had a you know first-team all-conference player coming back, and Connor Schroeder, and... You know, so I thought we had a chance to, to be good this year. I really did. And, um, you know, the unfortunate piece when you go into the season is you you look around the league. You know, you want to come in and get better and, and, and try to improve. And, um, you know, you hope your seniors, you know, play up to what you think they can play up to. And, and uh, you know, that's what our guys have been doing so far this year.
0: Sorry about that, folks. So a little bit of an audio drop there as I was trying to s- set up our settings for the rest of the show. You didn't miss much, a coach. All about five seconds. Um, so obviously the Odax a battle. We'll talk about that in a bit. And I think that though is why I'm a little surprised you're only at one loss because I figured you'd take some hits in conference play. Your one loss is in conference action. It's Guilford who has certainly shown to be a little bit more competitive this year than I think many. Had, had thought, but I look at the way you guys got through other conference games. You beat Emory and Henry at the, near the beginning of the season, 87 um, 66. You took out some other really good squads like Christopher Newport earlier this season. You got Emory and Henry back a second time, 87 73. And then you just went through Virginia Wesley and Washington Lee and Eastern Mennonite. You are staying above the fray to, to some degree, and that is sometimes more important than anything.
10: Yeah, I mean, I, again, this is going to sound they real cliche-ish, but you know, we we have to look at one game at a time as you go through this gauntlet of the season. Because um, if you don't, you'll get a headache, you know, trying to figure out what you got coming up next and and the possibilities, and you know, so we're really just trying to stay in the moment and and um, you know, try to get better each day. And like I said, our seniors are really have stepped it up this year, and and they found ways to make plays when we need to. Um, you know, our guys are playing really well right now, but I, I think I think we haven't played our best basketball uh yet to be honest with you. We we we've been consistent on the defensive end. I just think we can continue to get better on the offensive end as well and and um you know, our guys have really just bought into trying to do something that's never been done here at, at Lynchburg. So, um you know, we're going to enjoy this journey as well too. These kind of these kind of seasons and group of guys and these things don't come around often. So, you know, we're going to try to enjoy this journey as we go as well.
0: You, you think you could be better. That is always a scary thing to hear a coach say. Now, I do balance <laughs> that with sometimes coaches say that because they want their team to be better. They're, they're never right. as good as a, as a coach expects
10: them to be. Right. right. Um, and, and, yeah. But we have some areas. We do have some areas we can, we can continue sure. to get better at, and, and hopefully we can do
0: that. So we talked about what you've already gone through in terms of mm-hmm. a stretch in the ODAC. Well, you got up ahead, though. No joke. Uh, you'll be home against Guilford yeah. coming up on Wednesday. You'll be home yeah. against Randolph-Macon coming up on Saturday. And you'll be yeah. home against or on the road against Roanoke after that. Yep. Granted, the rest of the schedule features Bridgewater, Farham, Shenandoah, and Hamden-Sydney. But that those three games alone could do a lot to determine where things move for you in the future.
10: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and, and again, I – um, you know, one of my really good friends and, and best friends is a head coach at NC State, Kevin Keats, and got some assistant coaches that I know really well. And I was just on the phone with those guys, um, uh, yesterday, actually, and was talking to them about their, their game at Notre Dame. Yeah. And I was saying, hey, who, who do you have next? And, you, you know, they've got, they've got, uh, I think mean, they got Clemson, they've got Virginia, Virginia Tech after that, and Carolina. I was like, it's the same thing, you yeah. know, for us in the ODAC, we just, it's a gauntlet and every game is going to be tough and it's a grind it out. And, you know, you've been around this league a long time and you, you know, that there's no, you know, if you're not ready to play, you're going to get beat regardless if you're at home or on the road. And, um, you know, so we really, really try to take every practice, you know, where we can get better uh, and just take one game at a time. Um, Cause it's not, I'm, I'm going to add some years, you know, to, to my life. And I don't really, I really don't want to, I, I try to keep my hair low for a reason, Dave, because I, I don't want to <laughs> you know, start losing it. So yeah. So I thought you'd so I, already I, had I, lost it. I, I, well, that's why I keep it low. So that's why I keep <laughs> it low. So, um, so we, we, we've got to really just kind of focus and laser focus into in kind of the next task at hand and, and, and just kind of go from there. And when you um,
0: look at what's ahead of you, well, and let's just talk about the conference real quick. Well, then we'll talk about what's ahead of you. The ODAC's always been competitive. We know that. There's been a lot of conversation that maybe the ODAC hasn't been as great as it has been. Well, the top has certainly taken a step back. But I think I was thinking about this this week. It feels like the ODAC is just as competitive, if not as good, as we've seen in the past, except it's different names. It's not Virginia Wesleyan, it's not Hamden-Sydney. Randolph Macon's still in there, certainly. Guilford's returned into that conversation, but it's Lynchburg, it's Emory and Henry, it's it's Roanoke again. It feels like it may be the same old conference as we as we were used to, just different names.
10: Yeah, and and, and you mentioned a couple of names. I mean, let's take Virginia Wesleyan for instance. Well, we beat them last week right. last weekend. We were only one game apart in the conference, right? Um, so, you, you know, it's just I think it's um, you know what's different. You know, I played in this league. A long time ago and um i I just think uh the parity in our league is just um it, it makes it tough night in and night out and um you know everyone's recruiting you know everyone is on the road to try to find that next guy and you know we all have some good things to sell with our schools and programs and and um you know so it makes uh wednesdays and saturdays uh extremely tough and um you know, so in some senses, I think because of the parody parody, it may hurt us a, hurt us a little bit. You know what I mean? Just the sense that, um, you know, you get out of this league with four or five losses, and you could have a chance of you know finishing first or second in the league, yeah. depending on what year it is. And and, you know, when you look at the grand scheme of things, I don't know if that helps us or hurts us. Um, you know, because what, you know, as the years have gone on, you mentioned some of those teams that kind of made the league top heavy and and you know the reasons why we we were getting multiple teams in um but i hope we can get back to that you know i think it's sure. been three years now since we haven't had you know two teams in mm-hmm. and you know it's i've been here this is my 11th season we, we've had four teams make the tournament twice since i've been here yeah. so you know i i think we can get back to that um but like you said you know it seems to be different names and i think it's I think it makes the the league that much uh you know more fun to, to be a part of. Um I know as coaches, you know, if you can put together a good season and have a good group of guys come through, you you got a chance to be successful uh with your talent and you know we 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 did it, got over the hump in 2016 and you know we're we're off to a really really I might say good start. We're we're almost towards the end of the season, but but um you know we hope to continue some of the success that we have and and um you know, the sky's the limit, really, for, you know, it's neat to come in this season to find out that you really are, actually have a chance to, yeah. to do something at the end of the year.
0: Uh, talking to Hilary Scott here, uh, head coach of the Lynchburg Hornets, 17th ranked in the country at 17-1, and 8-1 and in ODAC play. So what do you expect out ahead of you? You got Guilford at home, Randolph at Macon at home. Perfect, perfect place to run into both of them at home, especially Randolph-Macon in your only meeting this season. What are you expecting?
10: another tough grinded out, you know, <laughs> ball game. I mean, you know, That's cheating just, uh,
0: coach.
10: <laughs> yeah, we get we get used to that. We get used yeah, to that. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I just think I expect another, you know, tough, hardcore physical, um, you know, game of runs and, and you, we just hope we, we have a chance to make the last one, you know, at the end. And, um, you know, we're excited about, you know, for you to, to be successful and and have a chance to win championships you gotta you gotta play big good teams and beat good teams yeah. and you know we hope we're we're one of those teams at the end of the season that has a chance to continue to play and you know in 2016 when we when we made when we made it to the NCAA tournament I think you know going through the gauntlet of the ODAC helped us um and you know we get I know we talk to other coaches in the league, they get excited about actually having to play somebody else outside of the conference. You get tired of yeah. beating up beating up on each other, you know, and, and um you know, so we hope that these games coming up uh will help us uh move forward. Um I feel like we're battle tested already. Um I know our guys are excited. We're we're back, back starting classes um tomorrow. So we'll we'll have our you know, our kind of our student body and those things back back in the mix and hopefully we'll have a you know really good crowd this week and uh, our alumni day is on Saturday so you know expect a bunch of my former players to come back and uh, so it should be exciting man this is what you play college basketball for I tell these guys all the time this is what you signed up for it's not for everybody so um, you know so we should be excited and you know like I mentioned to you before David this doesn't this kind of team doesn't come around very often. So I want to make sure we're going to enjoy this run and, um, you know, see what happens.
0: You've got five seniors on the squad. Four of them play um, pretty much start every game. Yeah. Led by um, Austin Wrighton at Mm -hmm. 18 points a game. Connor Schroeder's at 16, almost 17 points a game, really. Uh, Devontae Young at seven points a game. And and Jesse Case at seven. But then rebounding, Wrighton leads the way at nine. Schroeder's got seven. Uh, and then yep. the other guys—I mean, geez—assisting out at three more are are uh, are young, um, yep. and Case is nearly at three. Those guys certainly yep. are your are your catalyst, to say the least. Yep. They're the core. What makes them yep. so good?
10: Yeah, I, I just think you know we've gone into this season to really make sure that we're we're a cohesive group. Um, our team chemistry is unbelievable, and and that's what you tend to hear when when you have some teams that once win some games and um there's no different from with this group you know really cohesive close group um you know it's good to have seniors who mm-hmm. are uh repeating what the coaches are saying um and have bought in what what the things that we need to improve on from last year. Our last season didn't go very well um for for what we would like um with our program and they they didn't want a repeat of that, so you know. For things to be different you got to do some things different <laughs> so yeah. um that's what we did this year and and you know our seniors have led the way um you know it helps when your seniors are are really producing the most for our team and it's been good and, and but like i said we have we had one senior last year we're playing significant minutes so a lot of these guys took their lumps last year you know learned from some of the losses that we had learned from some of the wins we had and, and um think we've just put it put it together and and um, they're really playing for each other playing for the staff playing for the school all those things and, and uh, it's really been fun to watch
0: this senior class is the group that was there when you guys got to the NCAA tournament last uh, three years ago um, you, you beat Scranton rather handily in the first game in, in Delaware Ohio and then Ohio Wesleyan thanked you for coming uh, and showed you where the the bus was to head home uh, is that something that maybe drives this senior class as well
10: yeah, um two of those guys were on that team, Austin Wright and Devontae Young. Um were on that team. Um played didn't play very much at all, so I it definitely fuels them for sure. Um, you know, to 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 make another run at it. Um you know, that was a close game we lost at Ohio Wesleyan. We we came down to the last possession and and you know, I think those guys learned you know, you can learn a lot from watching as well, mm-hmm. and so um, you know they learn. They saw how close we were, mm-hmm. um, and and they want to get back to it. They want to make their own mark. And you know, one of the themes that we've talked about all season is really just trying to, you know, do something that's never been done, and really, you know, uh, you know, create your own path. And um, I think they've really bought into that. And and um, you know, so being a part of that team. They can tell some of the other guys who had, you know, haven't been, been, you know, uh, in that situation mm-hmm. before, to really, you know, really show them what it takes to get there. Sure. Um That class, I had a, I had an unbelievable senior class in 2016 as well. I mean first Man. team All-American and Austin Arnold was, um, you know, first team All-Conference player and Zach Burnett was an All-Conference player. He ended up being an All-American the next year and. You know, so we we had a really good core group of guys that year as well, and they set the tone for how things were were to be done on and off the court, and and um, I think Devontae and Austin really learned from that group, and you know they're they're implementing a lot of those things this year and and adding their own mix to it.
0: Well, it's been fun to watch the Hornets so far. See what you guys have been doing. I'll admit, surprised me to some degree, but. <laughs> You're up on the pole now, and you guys are, are, are no longer under that radar, as it were. Right. Uh, looking forward to seeing how you guys, I mean, get through this gauntlet. Obviously, Guilford and Randolph making ahead, and uh, yep. we'll, we're looking forward to the the finish of the Odek, obviously in Salem as well. And uh, we hope uh, you nothing but good luck the rest of the way. Um, Appreciate it absolutely. As as always, we give the coach the final word. Any final thoughts you want to share with those maybe tuning in?
10: Yeah, number one, again, just thanks for having me on and and, um, any chance we can can get to talk about, you know, our program and and the guys, uh, you know, we'll always love to do it. Um, This has been an unbelievable group. Um, You know, again, I feel like we have some room to improve and, and, um, you know, so we're excited about the end of the season heading into kind of the meat of what's going on here and, and things are going to start to separate and, and hopefully we're in the mix, but I really appreciate you having us on tonight.
0: Oh well, Absolutely. Uh, I've just had to find the right time to get you guys on. Uh, <laughs> it's a matter of rotations yep. and I'm, I'm glad you guys yep. are available and, and yep. good luck the rest of the way. I uh, appreciate you taking the time and uh, we'll talk soon.
10: Thanks, Dave. Appreciate absolutely.
0: It. Hillary Scott joining us on. There we go. Uh, Hillary Scott joining us on the Hoopsville uh, hotline presented by Buffalo, or Buffalo, i do it again, Blue Frame Technology. Uh, thank him for taking the time in doing so. Lynchburg appears to be darn good, and that conference is once again a, a battle on top. You know, Virginia Wesleyan against two out. That's a familiar name to people. Uh, Guilford's one out. That's a familiar name to people. Uh, Hamden-Sydney may not be the same program, but this is a deeper conference than it's been, and it has cer- certainly been a thrill. Looking forward to seeing how it all plays out. We'll take a break. When we return, we will uh, keep up with the men's theme and talk about another team that's on top of a conference that maybe not everybody expected. That's not always true. I know a few people certainly thought the best out of this program, but I think at the same time, Rowan the profs are uh, maybe surprising a few. We'll talk to Joe Crispin coming up. You're listening to Hoops presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA and ABC Studios. More Hoops when we return.
3: Football has taught me a lot throughout my life.
2: I'm a Division III student-athlete, and I know how powerful words can be. The term gay doesn't mean stupid, lame, or less than.
3: So I pledge to speak up if I hear the term gay used in a derogatory way or any other homophobic terms.
6: If you can play, you can play in Division III. I'm a Division III student-athlete, and my teammates unconditionally accepted me as part of their family, so now I pledge to do the same for others. If you can play, you can play in Division III.
9: Com.
12: We are the coaches of women's basketball. We are leaders and teachers, dreamers and winners. We are professionals who conduct ourselves ethically and with integrity. We place the education, safety and well-being of the athletes we coach above all else and teach them the fundamental values they need to succeed in life. We are coaches united for the good of our game and those who play it. We are The WBCA.
13: I'm Cole Vivian, head women's basketball coach at Merida College and a member of the Women's Basketball Coach Association. We hope you enjoy the show.
9: Now
0: back to Dave. And welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody. I want to thank the WBCA for their support. I guess we're going to have to raise the volume of that last one. I want to thank Messiah. Was that Messiah? No, that was somewhere. Who was? Oh, never mind. We'll figure it out later. Um, if you got questions for us, tweet us at D3 Hoops or hashtag Hoopsville. Email us, hoopsville at d3hoops.com, or join us on Facebook, facebook.com slash hoopsville. We're simulcasting the show there. We're also simulcasting it on Twitter on Periscope. Yeah, I think I can keep up with all that. Um, we saw a question. Somebody said, uh, one person said they were glad they got all their yard work done. No snow in north w- central Washington. Daryl, we're somewhat jealous, though I love the snow. Dan Tome um, talking about Oshkosh. Uh, Yes, Oshkosh with a big weekend over lacrosse. We didn't mention that earlier, Uh, though he says lacrosse should be ranked. I I probably would agree with you. And then Robert wants us to talk about something that our good friend Bob Quillman posted in um, the boards about he was already taking a stab at bracketing and stuff. Listen, Robert, we might, Ryan and I, at the end of the show, try and tackle that. That feels like a rabbit's uh, hole right now, but we might take a stab at it. We'll see. All right, let's keep our conversation going in men's basketball, and we jump back up into the Atlantic region now and talking about a team like Lynchburg that I don't think I really had on my radar at the beginning of the season, and maybe I should have. Uh, we talked uh, at the beginning of January, having talked to Chuck McBreen in Vegas about the NJAC, and he talked about this team. They certainly have played well in a win over yes- win yesterday over New Jersey City to now take co-lead of the conference. Um, with New Jersey city at eight and three, they are 14 and four and the profs are playing well. So joining us on the blue frame technology, Skype, Hill hotline. It is Joe Crispin, the head coach of the aforementioned profs coach. Thanks for taking the time to join us. Thanks for having me, Dave. Absolutely. Um, Last year, 13 and 13, nine and nine, but we saw signs that you guys had a good team under you. You had your moments but did you, and I'll say the same thing I, I asked Hillary, did you expect to be at 14-4 and four right now and, and atop the in-jack?
1: I, I got to be honest. I expected us to be better. Um, I got a good group. I got a good group. I got depth. Um, we have a lot of options. I think we've had eight guys lead us in scoring at some point wow. uh, in a game. Um, and, you know, we hit a snag early in the year. We lost three in a row, but we were missing two senior starters. And – you know, I, I I like to think I'm a good coach, but I, I guess I'm not that good because <laughs> we lost them right in a row without him. We got him back, and and we've been pretty strong ever since.
0: Yeah, uh, pretty strong to say the least. We should point out—you kind of hinted it there—the four losses came in a three. Three of those four losses came in a stretch. You, you lost New Jersey City, New Jersey, uh, TCNJ, and Stockton, not in that order. It was TCNJ, New Jersey City, Stockton, and about t- end of November into December. Uh, then got the win over Ramapo, and that's where you've been rolling since. The only blemish being the end of uh, December against F and M, is 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 that kind of what you're talking about? Now you've got kind of your strength back to some degree.
1: Yeah, I mean we had Robbie De who's as our starting point guard, and Deron Curry was out for two weeks, and you know he had 27 yesterday against yeah. Jersey City. So I mean, what do you do? I mean uh, they're, they're two of our emotional leaders, our, our senior guys. I mean, I have five seniors, and, and um, you know, those guys are, you know, the, between my three guards, they're very attack-oriented. So, you know, you can't really shift your identity for a week, and, and we were without them for about a week and a half or so, and we got them back, and I was a good coach again.
0: <laughs> it's amazing how that
1: works, Magic. Joe. Magic. <laughs> um well- I think it was good for us, though. It really did get our attention. Um, You know, I think it got our attention, you know, put our backs against the wall a little bit. Our guys have had high goals. Uh, They do have a lot of confidence. But, you know, they're still figuring out how good they can be. And I I still think, um, you know, we had a bad first half yesterday and they realized, like, whoa, we weren't playing rowing basketball. And and you figure it out and then all of a sudden you come back strong and, and they are capable of doing so.
0: Yeah, you guys ended up shooting uh 41 percent, or I'm sorry, 50 percent from the field, 30 percent from beyond the arc, though 57 percent from the free throw line. Curious how much time they're going to be spending on the free throw line for the uh, next few weeks.
1: Uh, at this point, I might just ignore it and see if it just gets better. I mean, I think I might <laughs> might emphasize it too much. They might be overthinking the thing. But yeah. Uh, the yeah, we came out like gangbusters in the second half, and and you know the NJAC is just an incredibly difficult conference, yeah. seeing everyone twice. Um, So, you know, we know each other well, it gets physical, it's tough. Um, But, you know, we have guys who have been there before and it makes a big difference when you get in those situations. Uh, They know what they got to do to to be successful.
0: Interesting. The first half, it was 36-23 New Jersey City. The second half, I still am looking at twice to understand it. It was 61-44. That's final scores in regular games sometimes.
1: Yeah, I have an explosive group. I mean, they have a ton of confidence. They can score. We get up and down. Um, you know, again, with depth, you can really shuffle in some guys and, and have some guys come off the bench and perform well. And they got confidence. I mean, I know i got a confidence in, in every guy on my roster, and, and I, I like to tell them, like, there's guys that barely play some night like, that could have 20 points the next. And we try to give them that opportunity, see what's working. We still lean on our best players. Um, night in, night out. But there's always one or two guys that step up that probably barely make the scouting report because we usually play 10, 11, 12.
0: Interesting. Um, Again, the win 84-80 makes the conference race a little bit more interesting. We'll backdoor into the conference race in a moment. Let's keep talking about the team. You mentioned Nick Taprizia leads the team at 14.5 points a game. Uh, Assist per game is three. Uh, He's one of the top steel guys for this squad as well. Shoots pretty decently, though. Again, he might be the guy you want to send to the free throw line. Uh, Deron Curry is uh, 13.5 points a game. Raymond uh, Wright at 10, 11 points a game. And then two guys in Rob Dupresia and, and Connor Dickerson, who are actually just a shade under 10 points a game. Uh, everybody rebounds, though so Wright gets the most per game. Feels like a very balanced team. And, and I know an NJAC play, that's really what you want, but that's also dangerous when you go outside the NJAC.
1: Yeah, I like to tell our guys that, you know, we want to be the kind of team that even if you scout us, it's tough to predict who's going to step up on a given night. Um, you know, Nick had an off night. He's our leading scorer. Mm-hmm. He stepped up for us most of the season. He had an off night. Um, Duran steps up. Connor Dickerson steps up. A few guys step up off the bench. Um, and, you know, when you go to a scouting report and you got to list 10, 11 players and the 10th guy might have 15. I think it makes it more difficult. Um, You know, it requires our guys to be unselfish, um, kind of emotionally tough because they they have to kind of deal with sometimes, you know, you go a couple games off the bench and you don't get a ton of looks, and then you have a breakout Um, depending on matchups. uh, We like to get up and down and take advantage of matchups we think work. So we have a diverse team uh, personality-wise, position-wise, so we like to use it, and it's it's been successful when we've had everybody there. That's for sure. Yeah, it has,
0: absolutely has. Outscoring your opponents by eleven points a game, though you're getting out rebounded um, on average by about a rebound and a half or two. Um, though you 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 have almost twice as many assists as everybody else, sixteen and a, seventeen rebounds or assists to ten assists per game. Is the rebounding number overrated? Um, are you worried that you're not maybe getting as many boards as you need to?
1: Uh, certain games, maybe it's important. Uh, we usually make up for it with turnovers. Um, it's just kind of our makeup. Uh, we, we have, you know, very instinctual quick guards. Um, we're usually in a full court press. Um, so we're able to make up for it and rebound. We feel like if we can stay even and be consistently right there in the rebounding category, we make up for it with turnovers. And as long as we limit our own, um, you know, we feel pretty good about it. And so far we've had success on that i mean uh, except for that early season streak where we were kind of a different team without those two guys yeah um you know that's that's just kind of the core of our identity loosening up the game and um you know we we have enough size but at, at our core we we play pretty fast and that's how we like it
0: besides the conference you have some interesting games though they all took place right around christmas uh, that kind of gives everybody kind of a sense of who you guys are. You had Salisbury, where I think it kind of started to show us the kinks in the armor with the Seagulls. You then had Keene State on the other side of Christmas at F&M, and then F&M tripped you up. What did that stretch of games mean to the program, and, and what happened in the F&M game specifically?
14: Well,
1: I think, you know, the guys in our, our group as a whole, I mean, there's a learning group I think, you know, I, they have high aspirations and I've tried to set up our schedule to learn myself as a head coach, but also have my team learn what they need to do to be one of the better teams in the country. Um, and I think that little stretch for us was great. You know, you talk about three out of conference teams that are all very competitive um, year in, year out. And that, that last stretch, I mean, F and F at home is no joke. You know, they're tough, they're gritty um it was a high turnover fest um you know (laughs) you 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 come out of the game and and it's the second day in a row after a break ours was minimal but it was still effective sure um and it was you know we turned them over 34 times i mean we were we were running around like gangbusters um but i got to the end of the game and we had too many ourselves but i got to the end of the game and said you know what Our guys are shooting 38% from three, and we missed a bunch of open shots. And, you know, I used to say as a player, I didn't want to lose myself in coach explanations of games where I I, I lose myself in the stat sheet. We missed 21 threes, and we had 18 of them listed as good shots. Sometimes that's the way it goes. So you slap the guys on the butt. You say you you played your tails off. You did a great job defensively. You'll make some next weekend. (laughs) And fortunately, it worked <laughs> out that way.
0: Uh, if you make them the next weekend, that's all that really matters. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
1: And you got to respond and you got to relax. And we play kind of that style of game where we, we feel confident we're going to figure out a way to score points, uh, even if we end up with 23 in the first half like we did yesterday. Yeah. Um, you know, we got enough firepower that if we can just stay relaxed. You know, sometimes you get on the road and our guys know they're playing for something. They they really do believe it. Um you know, you can get tight. You can think you got to make them as a shooter. You, you got to just let that thing go, and if it goes in, great. And if it doesn't, you can't. You got to shoot the next one. Yeah. Um, fortunately, we did that yesterday.
0: This conference is interesting. Um, you've got seven teams above five hundred, including the top six. Rutgers, Newark, the other one. They're nine and eight, though. They're seven and zero oh in non-conference place, two and eight in conference action. Yeah. William Patterson, Ramapo, TCNJ, Montclair, who's been in the conversation, along with Jersey City and yourselves. We've talked about the NJAC always been tough. We talk about the top of the OJAC, or OJAC, NJAC always being tough. Is It feels to me, though, the NJAC may be turning a tide a little bit, and it feels like it's the younger coaches like yourself and kind of helping turn that tide. Like, the schedules are slightly changing. The recruiting feels like it's changing. And as a result, the top of the conference has changed, and now maybe the NJAC being taken more seriously. Fair assessment?
1: I think it's fair, and I I, uh, I, I hope that is the case. Um, I have I have learned a lot over the last four or five years. I mean, since I uh, retired from playing and got into coaching, I've been getting a, in a Division three basketball education just like anybody else. And you know, I've had to ask Coach Cassidy numerous times, like, is this Brutal or what? <laughs> I mean, you you know, I think one of the things that struck me about the conference, you know, I'm a Big Ten guy back in the day. And, and we're know, we trying still, not to hold it against you. No, I know, right? And, you know, we used to say, like, when you had to go to Michigan State on one night and then you had to go to Wisconsin the next, it, it's not just who you're playing or where you're playing, it's how they play. Yeah. And, um, you know, I've experienced that with this conference. You know, it's one thing, um, you know, you, when you go to Jersey City, like, you better be ready to battle. Um, and they are going to say the same thing about coming to us. And then you might have a little free-flowing game against Stockton that's different. And it's there's a diversity of style of plays that, that make it tough. But, you know, one of my arguments to our guys is like, listen, if you, if you can prove you're the best team in this conference, you're going to be prepared uh, to beat people elsewhere. Um, and I think that's proven to be the case. I think the coaches as a whole scheduled down and, and we talk about it. We most, we all have good relationships within the conference, have done a great job. You know, I think, uh, Ramapo was a great team the last couple of years, um, scheduled well, performed well in the NSA tournament. Um, and you know, our guys look around and say, you know, we can, we can do that. We can play with those teams. They can play with those teams. We, you know, we, we want to be better, um, so we've we've tried to do that, and I think so far it's proven to be the case, and it's not it's going to be no joke over the next two to three weeks in the NJAC, that's for sure.
0: Did Ramapo getting to the championship weekend give the rest of the conference maybe a shot in the arm? I mean, this conference has struggled, to, as we've talked about a lot, to get out of the second weekend, let alone the first de- uh, round of the tournament, and it's been stocked in to do it twice this century. All of a sudden – Ramapo goes on a heck of a run and, and gets there. Did did that kind of tell the rest of the conference, wait a minute, we do have the capabilities of competing on the national stage.
1: I think so. I mean, uh, I think, you know, I had a group last year that was 500, uh, struggled through a lot of things. Um, I kind of knew it was a two year team. And I, I told them that like, listen, this is the first half of a, of a, of a two year season is the way I put it with that group. Um, but you yeah, know, we were right there with Ramapo. We were up 10 with eight minutes left twice. And I know for my group, I've been telling them, you're not far away. You know, and, and I really believe that. In, in the Division Three landscape, you're not as far away from the top teams as you think. And and sometimes that your kids think when you're sitting there 500. And I think to see Ramapo have success, for our guys to think to themselves, listen, we're better than we were last year, and that's what they did, um it kind of takes the ceiling off. It raises the ceiling or it takes the lid off the expectations and, and it gives your kids a chance to really realize that they can play with people. And and that's just you know, here at Rome, we haven't been to the NSA tournament since two thousand. So that that mindset of recognizing you can play with anyone um is just as important as all your X's and O's and everything else, and I'm drumming that, you know, I believe it. But and unless they believe it. Yeah. What's it worth, right? Sure. And, um, you know, I think they're starting to see it's
0: the case. Um, we mentioned TCNJ and Ramapo and Stockton, all them. you still got seven conference games to go before this uh, regular season, per se, is over. And we get into conference uh, tournament action. And, and it's a gauntlet. I mean, you've got TCNJ for a rematch. You've got Ramapo in a rematch. Stockton, Montclair. Uh, those teams are all in the conversation to some degree. Uh, Stockton, maybe not as much. But William Patterson's after that. Yeah, this is going to be anything but an easy finish, not that we expected otherwise. So what's the message you, you're delivering to the team in the locker room?
1: Uh, it's one game at a time, and it, it really is. I mean, it's, I, I, that's just kind of how I operate. Um, I don't even know standings. Um, until you mention it or until somebody tells me, I don't even pay attention to it. Um, my goal, our goal, my goal for this group is to be the best they can possibly be this week. Then next week better, and the week after that, um, learning, growing. And then, you know, the big thing for us is just attack mode. You know, I don't want our kids so focused on winning a basketball game that they forget how to just attack and play and and go for it and enjoy it. Um, So, you know, that's where my message is. It's like we we got a game on Wednesday at TCNJ. we got a game on Saturday at Ramapo. Both great tests, great opportunities to compete. And, you know, go for it and you lose but it, if you lose lose swinging um you know we had a couple uh early where you know we we're missing our guys and and you know you could sense it uh you, yeah. we were we were playing kind of not to lose and i just you know, i said never again that's not how i go that's not how we go and that's you never enjoy playing that way in my opinion so um uh, i think they've they've gotten that um i'm hoping they Continue just to build on that, and I think True. if we're able to do that and sense that, you know, we'll, things will take care of themselves.
0: Wrapping things up here with Joe Crispin, head coach of Rowan, who is at fourteen and four, eight and three, and NJAC play. Uh, of course, coach, you can't have them all at home, but at least it's an even split the rest of the way. Three of the four will be at home. The next two though will be on the road. How important will home be though if you can host the tournament?
1: Yeah, and that's one of our guys' goals. I mean, our seniors sat down before the year and, and we wrote them down. Uh, every single one of their goals, they wanted to play at home in the NJAC tournament. Uh, it's a huge advantage. I mean, mm-hmm. um, you know, when you got to go to some of these places and play, like, and I, I know it's an advantage for us, so, I, you know, it's why, that's, we feel the same way going at Montclair or, or at yeah. Ramaphosa or at Jersey City or at TCNJ. Um, so, you know, you're playing for that, and, you know, you're playing to prove – you know, that you're the best team, and, and every team should believe that. My group believes it. Um, you know, we started one and three in the conference. So, you know, they still feel like they got their backs against the wall, and frankly, I want them to, to, to feel that way the rest of the season. Uh, your back's against the wall. you got to fight your way out, and, uh, you know, I think they will.
0: <laughs> if it works psychology-wise, go for it. There's, there should be no qualms.
1: I don't know anything else. I don't know anything else. I I was, I was a gunner myself and I just said, Hey, you got to go for it. And, um, as kids embrace that message, I think they enjoy it all the more anyway, and you're going to drop some, Oh um, but you know, you enjoy the journey and and go for it. And that's kind of been our identity from the get go. And I think if we can continue to do that, that's who we want to be. It's what we want to build on anyway. So it's, it'll be good to go.
0: Well, I appreciate you taking the time to join us, especially via Skype, uh, to tack, chat about the profs and the NJAC and, and certainly the the tests ahead. Um, we wish you luck. We certainly are going to be watching the NJAC with a lot of fun. It'll be interesting to see if you guys can pop into the top twenty five uh, this week. Who knows? You never know.
1: I wouldn't mind it.
0: Yeah, I know. I real. It'd be nice. Well, maybe if you got some I, votes.
1: You know, I often tell our guys too, Dave. I don't give a rip about top twenty five until March. Yeah. Uh, Fair. I, I, yeah, I used to say that as a player, as a coach, to say, hey, let's be the best we can be and play in March. If you can play in March, you'll be fine with anything you get. True.
0: Hey, uh, as always, we give the coach the final word. Any final thoughts you want to share with those tuning in?
1: Uh, so, yeah, all the coaches, all the players, enjoy it. Um, you know, enjoy what you got this week. Uh, it's a, it's it's fun to compete. Uh, it's fun to be playing basketball, college basketball in February. Um and I have to remind myself often. You get caught up in game to game. It's a great game, and it's uh, it's meant to be enjoyed. So, the week ahead, enjoy it.
0: Well, enjoy it then,
1: Coach. i uh, try.
0: We'll look forward to talking to you down the road. Take care, and we'll talk soon.
1: Sounds good. Thanks, Dave.
0: Absolutely, Joe Crispin joining us from Rowan on the uh, Blue Frame Technology Skype Hoopsville Hotline. Again, 14 and four, seven games to play at Ramapo or at TCNJ, then at Ramapo this upcoming week. Uh, then at home against Stockton at Montclair as we turn into February. We'll take another break. When we come back, uh, we'll go down to Philadelphia area. NABC Coaches Corner. Talk about giving back on Martin Luther King uh, holiday. It's Cabrini and some others who are doing that. We'll talk to them coming up. You're listening to Hoops So presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA NABC Studios. More Hoop soul when we return.
8: I learned a lot of valuable lessons playing college football.
2: UW-Eau Claire and Mayo Clinic Health System are creating amazing opportunities for students from across the Midwest. Our collaborative research agreement allows students to work with world-renowned physicians and scientists. And with more than 80 majors, UW-Eau Claire is the perfect fit for those who dream big and are ready to change the world.
15: I used to never really talk, ever. Uh, I was afraid if I said something wrong, everyone would laugh at me. But then I started to play golf with Special Olympics. It helped me to find my voice. And now everyone else is speechless.
9: We've got more schools than Division 1, more fans than Division 2, and more upsets than March Madness.
0: Welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody. On this Sunday evening, the evening of Martin Luther King Day. If you have the day off tomorrow, enjoy it. Um, some basketball games may be played tomorrow. I know the one I was supposed to be working yesterday on Saturday was postponed to, to Monday due to the inclement weather, weather expected. Most of Pennsylvania shutting down uh, or not allowed to travel, forced uh, Mount uh, Moravian not to travel down to Baltimore on Saturday. Of course, turns out down here, we didn't get much of a storm that could have come down just fine, but whether they would have gotten back, I don't know. But um, So if you're celebrating it with that way, or you're celebrating giving back, whatever the case may be, we uh, hope you enjoy the day um, in any way, shape, or form that you can. Um, on Sunday nights, we have the NABC Coaches Corner, and... Part of that segment, along with the WBCA segment on Thursday, is about what coaches are doing outside of basketball. They they may be doing other things, may be involved in other efforts, or, in this case, they're also giving back to their community. There's several schools, Gwinnett Mercy being one of them, but also Cabrini that are hosting hoops from the Heart Basketball Clinic on MLK Day. Um, Their annual clinic for kids um, from first to eighth grade will will be taking place in radnor pennsylvania at cabrini's campus from 9 a.m to noon and we thought it was the perfect thing to talk about here on the show uh especially in the coach's corner and so joining us on the um, blue frame technology hoopsville hotline is the head coach of cabrini it is tim mcdonald And, and sir welcome to the coach's corner and thanks for taking the time
16: thanks dave thanks for having me
0: absolutely um We'll talk a little bit about the team. Obviously, uh, an interesting season. We'll talk about that in a moment. But first, I wanted to—I really want to dive into into this effort that you guys are doing. First off, you got basketball players of your team getting up before 9 a.m. on a day <laughs> that's probably a day off to to host this event. Um, but more importantly, you're also holding this event on MLK Day. This this isn't just some some clinic. This isn't a clinic that's helping the team. It's not helping assistant coaches. This is helping the community. This is more than just basketball
16: correct this is uh, uh the hoops from the heart is something that Bobby Morgan the women's coach at Haverford started yep. helped, and brought it to Cabrini I believe back in 2002 um, and our women's coach Kate Pearson has really kept that going since Bobby has left um, but it is a great day for us like you said our guys have off from class tomorrow as well as the women's team um, they are there by about 8 30 tomorrow and they have a great time with it. I mean, they work with the, the youth of the community. They do a bunch of different drills with, with the young uh, guys and girls from grades one through eight. Um, but it is, it's a, we talk to our guys all the time about having to serve others, not just having people serve you. And one of the things that they get to do, they really get to give back during this. Um, it's our Martin Luther King Day Day of Service. Um, it benefits the Community Action Agency of Delaware County, which is the local community around Cabrini. Um, so it is a great organization that we've had the luck to work with um, over the past 15 years or so. So it's definitely something that I'm excited for every year.
0: Yeah, thanks, by the way. I said Gwen and Mercy. I meant Haverford um, yep. and Bobby Morgan. They are the only ones we did notice. And we've had Bobby on the show quite a bit, um, and, and we appreciate her service certainly with this idea. It sounds like it was a no-brainer um, to to much. And you mentioned it goes to the Community Action Agency I don't mean this, it's going to maybe sound a little more callous than I mean, than mm-hmm. I mean it to, but do you have to convince the players? Does, does You know what I'm saying? Do you have to say, guys, this is important, I need you there? Or is this one of those where it, where it's not even that? They're there for you, even if you didn't have to tell them about
1: it.
16: Yeah, they're there for this. They, they really love working with the kids. It's it's such a fun day for them. It's something that I think some of them don't even realize, that these kids come in and they really look up to our players and the women's team and they serve as role models to them, and they don't necessarily realize that on a day-by-day basis. But in the camp setting, having the kids there, they really buy in, and, I mean, they really enjoy the day. They do not It's not something that we're begging them to get there for, begging them to get up and work with the kids. They come in. They have a great time working with them. Um, education's a big major at Cabrini. We have a couple mm-hmm. guys on our team, and I know there's a few on the women's team as well that are used to working with you. The other guys on our team and some of the other women are not as used to it, mm. but as soon as they get started, they jump in, they're very comfortable with it and have a great time during the day with this.
0: Yeah. We should point out again, men's and women's teams participating. We just happen to make it mm-hmm. part of the NABC coaches corner here this evening. We could have done it Thursday on the WBCA segment. It just as easily. Um, you, you talk, uh, obviously everyone pays um, uh, a fee. And and the proceeds, as we mentioned, is going towards, uh the uh the the community action agency but there's also an element where everyone has to bring a perishable food I, knowing these events it's probably more than just one item is always brought by people but what's the yep. what's the goal with that ultimately
16: yeah so the community action agency they use the proceeds raised for this mm-hmm. to benefit programs for them that helps out with emergency housing social services um employment training life skills training what they do, they we collect the uh, non-perishable items in these giant boxes, and they get filled up. Like you said, we ask everyone to bring at least one, and most people bring a bag full of stuff. Yeah. Um, so we donate to them, and they can put it to the best use that they need it for um, for those in need.
0: Is it, what, my why that group? I guess would be one idea. And and have you thought that has it gotten big enough that that that, that this could go to other groups, or is it a rotational thing? How do you guys do all of that, I guess, is where I'm getting. Well,
16: they, the Community Action of Delaware County, they they help us put this together. They, gotcha. they uh, okay. put everything together for it. It's, it benefits them. That's what the whole thing sure. started for with them.
0: How many schools do you – I'm putting you on the spot here a little bit, but how many sure. – is this spread? I mean, obviously Bobby's idea spread um, mm-hmm. because Haverford and, and Cabrini that I know are doing it. Do you know of others who are participating?
16: I know Newman University does. it. Oh, I great. know Jim Rullo has it going. I'm not sure of any others. Um, I'm sure there are other local schools that do it. I just happen to know the three of us um, do do that. I was going to say well. it
0: feels like a very Philadelphia thing.
16: Yes, it is. <laughs>
0: <laughs> not no, nothing wrong with that, but it I mean no. that's what makes it maybe even more special to some degree because you're all on on MLK Day, making sure to find the time. Uh, to give back to that Philadelphia community?
16: Yeah, I mean, it is a great community. Um, obviously, basketball is huge around here at every level, youth leagues, high school, college, pro, um, you name it. Basketball is the biggest sport around um, outside of the NFL with the with the Eagles. Um, but <laughs> basketball is something that really, you can talk about it to just about anyone in the community, and they're going to relate to it at whatever level you're talking about. So it is great to kind of, Give back during the day, but also including that basketball element, which is such an important identity uh, in Philadelphia.
0: And how soon afterward are you putting on a full practice with the guys?
16: We are about a half hour, right at twelve thirty. So <laughs> yeah. they're off from class tomorrow. So instead yeah. of having them come back later in the day, we're going to jump right in at twelve thirty.
0: In, the, in the meantime, the women's team's like, "Hey, I want it that time."
16: <laughs> yeah, actually, I think they wanted a the little break in between. I oh, think okay. they'll go eat and then they'll come back um, right after us. So. It could go either way. Some day, some years we've had really good practices right after and sometimes they're a little tired from being on their feet so long. So yeah, well, we'll see how it goes.
0: Yeah, they're college students. Uh, they didn't want to be up early anyway, and you got them up early on a day off. Um, yeah. It also probably helps kind of forget the season. Now, granted, you guys are on a three-game winning streak, beat Wesley Immaculata and Newman. Uh, you got Mary Mountain and, and Gwen and Mercy ahead of you guys. But it's been a let's be honest, it's been a rough season yeah. in – 5-13, and 13, though you're 3-2 and two in conference play, a new conference also. It's been an interesting mm-hmm. year for you guys.
16: Yeah, I mean, it was one of those things where I kept saying whatever could go wrong was going wrong <laughs> with us. Sure. Um, we, we thought we had a pretty talented and a deep team, which I think we do now, but we've had guys in and out of the lineup with injuries. Um, we lost one of our guys that we thought was going to be a starting guard right in August had a Oof. career-ending knee injury, so... Um, he was one of the guys that we thought was going to play the point as well as off the ball as well. Um, but then we had two guys coming back from ACL tears that weren't as explosive as we thought they were going to be mm-hmm. right away. Um, and then one of them, Devontae Mosley, um, is a senior for us. We thought we had him coming back. He came back for the first two games and re-injured his knee. Luckily, it wasn't season ending, and he came back about four games ago and I think him coming back has really kind of turned our season around. I mean, the guys are really, everyone's healthy right now. He comes in, he's just a solid player. He does everything right in every aspect of the game. Um, and our guys have really committed themselves to just trying to enjoy the process of getting better every day. And I think it's finally starting to pay off for us. And we're playing, obviously, the, the three-game wins are playing the best basketball we have all year. So. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Um What's the new conference been like? Uh, the new Atlantic East, which, if anybody's not paying attention, finally took shape this year, and you guys are uh, in the mix with it. Obviously, there's Gwendon Mercy and Marywood, Wesley Immaculata, Mary Mountain, and Newman. We should point out, by the way, if anyone's counting at home, yep. Gwendon Mercy and Marywood are having the top seasons right now at 5-0 and 4-0. But what's it like to, to kind of settle into a, to a, an, a new yet old feel? I mean, some of these teams you kind of already knew well from the CSAC.
16: Yeah, obviously we knew the, the four other teams from the CSAC pretty well, um, so there wasn't much of a change there. And I we knew Wesley we played them about four years ago in a non-conference game. So familiar with Wesley as well, the one team that haven't been around as much as Marymount, and so we'll get our first taste with them on a Wednesday night. But the conference is really exciting. I think everyone's kind of bought in. We have a lot of like schools, that I think it's going to be really competitive for us, not just this year but in the future as well. So it was exciting and it was a little bit of a change, but uh something that we're moving forward with and really gonna try to enjoy the process of it.
0: I don't know if it's gonna matter much, but if you you put thought in the fact that there's there's no automatic bid at the end of this season or next season, that's kinda of more of a free for all for you for the conference.
16: Yeah, I mean it's one of those things obviously before the season we thought about it a lot more, knowing that there wasn't gonna be that automatic bid. Um, right now with the season that we're having, our focus has really just been to try and get better every day um, and really try to compete for the conference title at the end of the year. And right now we're kind of right in the mix. I think we're right in third place at three and two, two games behind Marywood and uh, Gwen and mercy. Um, So we're right in the thick of things. And I think if we continue to improve, we'll have a, have a chance at the end of the year. And while obviously we don't have the automatic bid into the NCAA tournament, winning the conference this year on the first year would be a great, great thing for our guys, especially our six seniors who have put in a ton of work and, wish we could have had a, a better start to our season than we have, but we're just going to try and finish it out the right way and hopefully be able to come out on top of the league.
0: Well, I appreciate you taking the time to talk to us about the community service event. I, I look forward to having you back on the show sometime in the future to talk more about the squad and the season, as it were. But uh, nonetheless, the community service certainly uh, means a lot for not only the segment, but certainly your community and the greater good of Division Three. and so I thank you. For your time. Um, before we let you go, though, a couple uh, quick questions. We always ask our NBC guests, um, sure. and and to have a little fun, but also hear the same question but answered differently. If you don't mind, sometime. Um, yeah, right. First part is best part of coaching in Division Three.
16: Best part of coaching in Division Three. That's a always a great question. Um, I think the experience of that uh, work life balance. I mean, we don't have the year round. Um, commitment to it, but also we have guys that come in that can really focus on their academic side of things as well as the basketball side of things where it's not a year-round commitment for them where they might get be able to put off academics till the summer or whatever. They're here in the fall and the spring, and they really focus in on that, and they get to enjoy their summer. So I think that's probably the best aspect is the the academic and basketball balance.
0: Um, Biggest pet peeve as a coach?
16: From our players or from, from other coaches?
0: Yeah, good question. I don't know. I, I leave it open to you, sir.
16: I'll go with, with the players. I think my biggest <laughs> pet peeve is when we, when we make the same mistake twice. Um, talk about it all the time with our guys is trying to create new mistakes so we have teachable moments with mm-hmm. them. And when we continue to make the, the same mistakes over <laughs> and over, that becomes a, a huge pet peeve of mine.
0: I can understand that. Now I'm intrigued with the other one, but we'll wait. Uh, and get that answer another time. Uh, is there a rule or nuance to the game that you love? Uh, a rule that I love. Um, or a nuance to the game, something along those lines.
16: Sure. I mean, one of the one of the things that, that I love about the game is the three-point line. I think it really changed the dynamic of the game. Um, I know that it kind of took away the mid-range shot a lot, especially right now, but the analytics and the, and the three-point shot are something that I absolutely love about the game of basketball. Okay.
0: Um, what rule would you like to see either added, changed or removed?
16: Well, for men's basketball, I'd love for us to go to the, to the quarters. I know we're <laughs> the only level, only level of basketball in the world that plays two halves and not four quarters. So that's something that I would, I would like to see changed and kind of similar to the women's rule in the NBA, where you could advance the ball at the end of half and the end the games with timeouts. I think that just adds another layer, another aspect to the game where it could be teachable moments for our guys, and I would love to have that.
0: Anybody who was listening to the NABC coaches Corner last week <laughs> will know why uh, we're not at quarters just yet. Uh, that said, <laughs> uh, you lost me on the advancement, but we'll talk another time. Uh, no problem. <laughs> uh, wife, significant other, or friend? What would they say um, they wish you would do differently on the bench?
16: Oh, that's a, that's a great question. My girlfriend would probably tell me i have a little tick where i look like i'm butting my shoulder at times when i when i get really intense and uh <laughs> she would she would tell me i need to stop doing that That okay. would definitely be it <laughs> outstanding i know that's a that's a funny one that i don't know how many people know about but i know it's something oh, that we always joke we're, about and
0: we're gonna see so it I'm now sure if,
16: absolutely if you're paying attention that's something that you'll notice <laughs> for sure uh
0: on the flip side of that what would your assistants want you to change
16: Oh, that's a good question. My assistants would, uh, you know, maybe give them a little bit more um, involvement in games, maybe substitutions, maybe something like that. Um, I, I know that they love bringing advice to me, bringing strategies to me. A lot of times I listen to them and make my own call, but uh, I think the substitution pattern is something that I've given them a little bit more freedom with, hmm. um, but I'm sure they would, would like to have some more with that as well.
0: Okay. Um, what can you say to an official that won't get you a technical? Like draws you walks you right up to the line, but doesn't get you over it.
16: Great job. No, I'm just kidding. I would. uh I try, it's, a, it's a tough balance to work. I mean, yeah. I know they're right fifty percent of this of every call and wrong fifty percent of every call. So I do my best to just try and uh let them know what I saw and try to stay out of it as much as I can. I try to not cross the line too much with okay. the officials. I know they have. A, I know they have a tough job, but sometimes you gotta say certain things and i just try to just don't curse at them when you do that sure. you're definitely going to get a technical yeah but.
0: absolutely magic words magic yep. words result in tease. um finally what would, when you retire and all good coaches do what do you hope people will remember you as a coach
16: i think i hope our the guys that played for me i hope they remember us for having great relationships with our players i mean that's one of the aspects within our program that we really try to talk about all the time and show all the time is having that family aspect within our guys and growing lifelong relationships. So hopefully that's something that I would be remembered for.
0: Well, that's uh, something we'll remember as well. Um, We appreciate you taking the time to join us, talk about the MLK efforts and of course uh, the squad just there a little bit and have fun with us as well. As always, we give the coach the final word and any final thoughts you want to share those tuning in.
16: Well, I wish all the coaches out there the best of luck with the rest of the season. Hope everyone stays healthy. has a great rest of the year. One thing I didn't get to mention about the Martin Luther King Day yeah. Clinic is our women's coach, Kate Pearson. She's the one that kind of organizes everything, so ah. hats off to her. It. She's, the, she's the go-to. She gets everything scheduled, everything set up, and I kind of just get our guys there and help out run the day of the clinic, but she does all the behind-the-scenes and organizing stuff ahead of time, so... Thanks to her for her efforts
0: as well. Well, we'll thank Kate for the efforts in allowing us to talk to you about it, uh, not to steal any spotlight from her. We'll get her on <laughs> sometime in the future to talk about it as well. Uh, Tim, thanks so much for the time. Take care, and we'll talk to you soon. You got it. Thanks, Dave. Absolutely. Tim McDonald joining us here on the Blue Frame Technology Hoopsville Hotline in the NABC Coaches Corner. Of course, NABC been a longtime supporter of uh, Hoopsville. We appreciate their support and their assistance in these segments. If you've got a coach you think deserves to be spotlighted in the NABC coaches corner, email us, and we'll see about uh, whether we can get them on, if we have had them on, or should they get on, all that jazz. Let us know about them uh, as well. Take another break. When we come back, jump out to the Central Region. We'll talk to the CCIW Commissioner. Chris Martin will join us, talk about his pending retirement, the upcoming NCAA convention, but more importantly, his take on the men's and women's basketball races you're watching Hoop so presented by d3hoops.com from the wbca nabc studios um back with more Hoop so when when we return
8: i learned a lot of valuable lessons playing college football i never thought about the health benefits of exercise until i actually started to talk to coaches in college and it's not only just for performance it's for life my coaches instilled the importance of well-being, not only building up strength, mental health, getting enough sleep, eating properly is all what it is to be healthy. I decided that I want to go on a personal trainer and share my knowledge that I obtained in college about physical and mental well-being.
2: UW-Eau Claire and Mayo Clinic Health System are creating amazing opportunities for students from across the Midwest. Our collaborative research agreement allows students to work with world-renowned physicians and scientists. And with more than 80 majors, UW-Eau Claire is the perfect fit for those who dream big and are ready to change the world.
15: I used to never really talk. Ever. I was afraid if I said something wrong, everyone would laugh at me but then I started to play golf with Special Olympics. It helped me to find my voice. And now everyone else is speechless.
9: We've got more schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, and more upsets than March Madness. There's 800 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over a decade from Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division III basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com.
8: Great moments are born from great opportunity. That's what you have here tonight. That's what you've earned here tonight.
5: This is your time. Now go out there and take it. College
6: basketball lives in Kansas City at the College Basketball Experience at Sprint Center. The College Basketball Experience is the place to get your game on. It's not a museum, it's an experience you won't forget. Discover the history of the game in the National Collegiate Basketball Hall of Fame, featuring the Gallery of Honor, Mentor Circle, and Honor Theater. Suit up in the latest CBE-logoed Nike gear at the CBE Hoop Shop. Elevate your game today and visit the house that college basketball built.
0: Welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody, on this uh, Sunday evening. Hope you're enjoying the show. If you've got questions for us, tweet us at D3Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville. Email us, hoopsville at d3hoops.com or join us on Facebook at facebook.com slash hoopsville. Um, we did this uh, in December, and we're going to try and change things up. A reminder, we talk about the Central region on Sunday evenings, and we decided I honestly couldn't make up my mind where I wanted to go this week in the Central. Uh, there were a few different directions. We could talk to some programs we haven't talked to a little bit, like Wisconsin Lutheran and whatnot, and women's basketball um wisconsin lutheran I, i'm confusing two names there wisconsin Con- concordia wisconsin and bethany lutheran and wisconsin lutheran that's what i was trying to say um lots of different angles we could go there but i i, I really was intrigued with the cciw wanted to talk about them but we've already had the men on and, and the women i wanted to kind of wait a little well then i remembered we've got chris martin the commissioner he usually has some interesting thoughts on the uh, conference when he and I have chatted in the past and with the NCA convention coming up, I figured and his final season with we should talk to Chris. So join us on the uh, blue frame technology, Skype Hoopsville So hotline is the aforementioned Chris Martin, sir. Thanks for taking the time. I really appreciate it.
13: Dave, my pleasure. Thanks for having me on.
0: Absolutely. Um, first and foremost, um, Let's talk to CCIW. One thing I was thinking about when I when I was I knew I was going to have you on was it is amazing how the CCIW is always in the conversation in almost any sport that I cover. If football, the CCIW's got some players. Soccer, basketball. Now lacrosse CCIW teams are in these conversations and of course every other darn sport. How how has the CCIW become so consistently good in so many sports?
13: Well, I, Dave, I wish I could say it was all because of me, because you know, that's (laughs) certainly not, certainly not the case, but I mean, you've hit it. One of the prides of joy of being in the CCIW is, you know, our institutions, our administrators, our coaches, our student athletes are so committed to all of our sports. Um, So we have such a breadth and depth of, of strength across all of those sports that you mentioned. It's, it's amazing to me, and I've been doing this for 17 years, that I continue to scratch my head and amazed at how good we are across the board. Um, just as you mentioned, you know, not just football, basketball, soccer, baseball, softball, volleyball, all of those sports. It really is just a commitment by our administrators, our presidents, our student athletes, and our coaches. We have such great coaches in our conference uh, that work so hard and take such pride in what they're doing. And I really think that translates to our kids and both on the male and female side. And that's why our strength just goes across all those sports that you mentioned that I mentioned as well.
0: Yeah, it's it's certainly impressive and I, I know it's not the easiest thing to run uh from a from a, a commissioner's point of view. Uh you've got a lot of a lot of um big programs as it were who have probably have lots of big thoughts. By the way, I didn't even mention <laughs> track and field in that conversation. Uh Better.
13: Which, a- absolutely. Absolutely, Dave. I just talking to some of the media this past week, and they were joking that I think commissioner years are like dog years. So it's like <laughs> one commissioner year is like seven years in dog years. But that's that's what makes it fun. in that's in that regard. What's it
0: like, though, to balance those those egos? And I don't mean egos in, in a bad way, but just those those programs in, in those Augustana, Illinois, West Virginia, all those. And, and do what's not only right for them because they've hired you and, and, and they want a certain way of things done while also balancing what's right for the entire con- uh, conference. But at the same time, even with the mindset of division three on the outside, influencing you as well.
13: Yeah. It, it's, it's always been a challenge, Dave, and obviously having done this for 17 years, it still continues to be a, a challenge. But <laughs> I, again, I think you speak about the quality of the coaches that we have and the understanding that they have and our athletic directors have, um, that makes that com- those conversations a little easier than you would think. Um, clearly, I'm, you know, I'm the one person and to the largest extent is thinking about everybody and the occasional reminder, hey, let's think about not just how this impacts your program, but the other you know eight programs in our conference. I think people really understand that and have a pretty good sense of the global view. Um, and I've worked really hard over my time to really be transparent in my decision making. Um, And I think that's gone a long way for the folks in our conference will understand they have a role in the process and they have an opportunity and a voice. Um, The decision may not be what they voice for, but they clearly understand that that's part of my job um, in being the conference commissioner. Uh, But again, having that that sort of true depth of, of the conference view and what's good for one is good for everybody really makes those conversations a little easier to manage.
0: Um, you haven't been fired in those seventeen years, so obviously they understood to some degree, and you probably had to say no on your fair share of times.
13: Yes, (laughs) for sure. I mean, there. I was just visiting with a class at one of our institutions this past week, and somebody asked, "One of the most difficult things roles in my job." And they said there are many times where I have to make a decision that fifty percent of the people are not going to be happy with, and then that's just the role that commissioners have to play, but. Having that global view and the perspective of not just a conference that the division as a whole, um, in my background of the NCAA days and so forth, obviously makes those conversations and decisions a little easier. But having the support of my presidents, having the support of our ADs really makes a significant difference. As I said, we have such great presidents and ADs and SWAs as well. It makes it a lot easier to make those decisions and have to make those calls in one direction or another that, you know, some of the folks are certainly not going to be very happy with.
0: You mentioned uh, your background a little bit. How did you get to the CCIW uh, in, in your in your march, as it were?
13: Well, so that's that. I was a Division three student athlete many years ago. I'm a, a proud alum of Whittier College, Fighting Poet, um, and <laughs> played baseball there for the Poets. And actually went to work in professional sports for a couple of years. And then I worked worked for the NCA for almost five years. I really started out doing um, professional sports liaison mm-hmm. type of work. Um, but I really found my home back in Division Three and started working with committees, the governance structure, um, a lot of the different pieces that I have, and it made certainly made that a lot of transition very easy. You know, I really enjoyed my time at the NCAA, a great deal, some great folks that I work with, and it's challenging work, and the public perception is not always the best. But I had the opportunity to work on so many different issues, are really transitioned really easy to the conference office in dealing with the same type of issues in just a little bit smaller scale. And So I really was a national office staffer and then transitioning into the CCIW where I've been um, since 2002.
0: And, and we should point out that I, I think that background that you had with the NCA is why you've still been so involved, instrumental, whatever you want to say when it comes to a convention or when it comes to legislation, even if you're not involved as being a, a, a and a writer slash, um, endorser of a piece of legislation, I've always found that you're still heavily involved in legislation, either helping people understand it or trying to figure out the best way for division three. Is that, is that a fair way of saying that?
13: For sure, Dave. Absolutely. Maybe just be you can't teach an old dog new tricks, (laughs) the type of thing. You just can't get out that legislation, having written a lot of that legislation for a long period of time. I mean, I enjoy that immensely. It really is something that I'm passionate about. and I've worked really hard over the years with the support of my conference to be involved in those discussions. We have not always been, at least in the last several years, you know, at the front of some of the legislative uh, pieces that we've had, but certainly been an integral in those conversations um, and I've taken an active role in that and dealing with those types with fellow commissioners, other, other uh, administrators that I certainly have uh, continued to be involved in. And I think some of that certainly has to do with the CCIW and what we mean and what we believe in and how successful we've been across all of our sports.
0: Sure. Uh, I'm talking to Chris Martin here, commissioner of the CCIW. Uh, my, that's my segue to go to, we are, into an ncaa convention week uh you will be headed to sunny and hopefully nice uh uh <laughs> orlando florida here uh coming up this week uh, i said at the beginning of the show there's not a lot of basketball legislation really on the table there's some football stuff there's obviously a big topic we'll talk about in a moment for the whole ncaa but there's some uh, interesting topics what what that's kind of universal or or, or all division-wide any of the topics up for legislation this year catch your interest and why for Division Three?
13: You know, it's a pretty light legislative document, Dave, yeah. as you just kind of mentioned. Um, I, I find the social media piece um, an interesting one, some deregulation and moving closer to what Division One and Division Two do. Um, and I think that's a positive thing. Our student-athletes have been supportive of that, and we've had some good discussions with our conference staff about that. Um, and we just had some discussions with an NCAA national office staff in December that came and presented to about 65 of our coaches and administrators. Mm-hmm. And a good portion of that was focusing on what the new legislation will meet for the social media type of stuff. Um, you know, it's moving so fast that we all try to catch up to speed and and stay ahead of it. So it's been something that's taken some education for us. Um, but obviously, the, as you mentioned, the football proposal will be, I mean, it's significant, at least in terms of change and move yeah. away from sort of an antiquated model that we have now, and then obviously the Board of Governors' proposal would probably be the, bo- the biggest one, but pretty light legislative docket. I'm just hoping that Orlando's sunny and warmer than it is here in Chicago tonight.
0: Well, that might be too easy. Um, <laughs> though stranger things have happened in the history of Yeah, that's, of that's true. I think Miami <laughs> saw snow in 1972 on this date or something I read weird. Um, the the Board of Governors one. I don't want to get too in the weeds on things, but... It's an interesting idea. Adding five board of governor members that have not, that are not NCA members, and we should again remind everybody that every board, every committee, every everything, is made up of NCA members. The NCAA is actually its membership, not how everyone likes to perceive it. But that's another rabbit hole you and I could dive into. But the board of governors adding those five members. One, are you? I assume you're in favor of it because I haven't run into anybody who isn't, because it's outside. Um, points of view perspectives put in being put on that board but are you are you also interested in having any of them have at least some kind of division three representation
13: oh for sure absolutely dave we we are supportive of that proposal i think we all recognize the significant step it it will take forward for the association as a whole Um, but there is strong concern and strong interest and preference in having somebody uh, one of those five or two of those five, at least having some Division three background, some Division three knowledge, some Division three experience. It's something our Commissioner's Association of Division three has been quite vocal about, and we're hopeful that'll play out as we go forward. Ultimately, you know, the votes are the votes at the Division I level at the Board of Governors piece, but somebody who has some understanding about Division three and what we believe in, what we espouse every day, and how we operate our student-athletes and everything, um, that's certainly a huge piece of the puzzle, and something that we've been quite vocal about all the way up until, uh, obviously, we'll we continue to be vocal about that. I'm sure on Thursday when we actually vote on the proposal itself.
0: You kind of hinted quickly. You don't again don't want to dive in the hole too deep. But first off, there's no true vote on whether you can force D3 members on there, and it's not like D3 is going to vote against it without that guarantee. I'm assuming.
13: No, and it's interesting, Dave. There has been a pocket of membership in the Division Three that really has said maybe we should just take a stand and vote against it, uh, vote against it because we don't have that true Division Three connection or oh. at least a, a guarantee for a rough word. Um, but you're right. I think that ultimately you're right. There is no guarantee that we'll have anybody. There's no legislative piece of the puzzle. The NCAA staff and the, and the Board of Governors has been quite uh, open about how they're planning on filling those spots. So we're hopeful that our voice will be heard through the governance structure, the Commissioner's Association, in which I think the governance structure is committed to it as well, really get somebody or at least one in there that has some Division three knowledge. There's certainly a number of prominent Division three graduates who have an understanding and even in some cases an experience about Division three athletics that would be really beneficial to fill one of those spots. We hope that happens, that's for sure.
0: The other thing is they're voting on Thursday, and anybody who understands the convention, certainly I do, uh, knows that all things voted on happen on Saturdays. Um, And the last time we had an all um, NCA referendum to be voted on, I believe was women's beach volleyball to be added. And that was done on Saturday. Why is this being voted on Thursday?
13: Well, it's, it, it, and that's a great question. That's probably one for the better for the NCAA staff specifically to answer. But that's this this session is part of the the whole association with President Emirates' um, speech and talk about the state yeah. of college athletics and sports. And then we're going to have a vote. All three divisions will be in there voting together. Um, we'll all be there at the same time, and we'll all have our nice little voting units and voting on this particular proposal at the time. It does take an association-wide approval, right? So rather than voting independently, like traditionally on the Saturday in the business session, the Division Two business session, we're all voting in that big room all together on Thursday. It harkens back to when I was at the NCAA, day, back in the staff, when people all voted in one room and they actually counted votes by hand, which, oh, you can imagine, is a nightmare. But it will be it, it's the sort of the normal parliamentary procedure when you're talking about association wide vote. And certainly as an issue important. This is important, as this is for the association, we're all going to be in that room voting mm. together.
0: Um, I think Mark just wants uh, more people in there to listen to him. I think they just want I think Mark just wants to hear more people or see more people in the audience. <laughs> to hear him talk.
13: You may be right about that. That's probably true. It'll be, <laughs> it would be interesting.
0: Yeah, I, I'm, I'm really I'm, I'm really intrigued. Anyway, let's uh, dive back into the CCIW men's and women's races before we let you go. Uh, we'll start on the women's side of things, if you don't mind. I would love your take on things. Um, Wheat in Illinois Wesleyan have been the kind of the juggernauts up top, but that's not the whole story.
13: No, it, it, it's an interesting year, Dave. And let me preface my conference. now that we have an expanded conference tournament, it really has changed the landscape yeah. for us. From going to fourteen to six teams this year, and I think we have, you know, we we certainly have always had depth and. and Um, some symmetry in terms of how our conference is playing out this year on the women's side, Wesleyan and Wheaton both have one loss and Carthage is just a step below them with two. Um, And then we've got a little bit of gap to teams with four losses, but it certainly will be a dogfight to get those five and six spots now that they're there. I mean, it's an opportunity for a team to maybe get hot at the right time and get the chance to play in the conference tournament for the first time. Hmm. Um, so it'll be really interesting to see how that plays out. I think Wesleyan and Wheaton and clearly at the top and Carthage is right there. Um, and then the other teams are bunched together. And I think that's going to be the fun part to watch on the women's side of things as they, as we move toward a expanded conference tournament.
0: Yeah. Well, certainly uh, expanded race is something I want to ask you about in a moment, but uh from the cciw you mentioned the teams there. obviously illinois wheaton tight, but uh illinois Wesleyan and wheaton tied carthage is nipping at their heels augustana is in the mix too um, yes
13: absolutely they just beat wheaton in last yeah. week so that was a huge win for coach bindborn out at augustana and he's done a great job with that program and it's it moved upward and it, um, that was a big win for them, so I think that hopefully for them. I know he's hoping that it'll continue to sort of raise their profile and get closer to Carthage and the teams ahead of them.
0: Absolutely, of course. On the men's side, everyone's had their eye on Augustana. They're nine and zero in conference play, though. Someone expects well, someone to knock them off because nobody goes undefeated in the CCIW, sir.
11: <laughs>
13: <laughs> that's that's the rally cry every year, isn't it, Dave? And I, I tell you, I haven't seen Augie a couple of times, including this past Wednesday at Wheaton against Aston Francis. I mean, they are so talented. Um, And having having a full strength Pearson Wofford this year really makes a significant difference to Gray's team. And um, they've been so good the last several years. And you think, gosh, is this the year that somebody could actually go undefeated in the conference? Um, I'm not really sure that's Gray's point of emphasis at this point. I think he's hoping for five straight conference titles more than anything else, which has never happened in the history of our conference. So I think he's focusing on that. But, boy, they're good. I mean, they're just so phenomenal, so talented, so well coached, so disciplined. They play so hard and um, everybody's really gunning for them.
0: Yeah, but then suddenly North Central now is two games out. Wheaton is three games out. Illinois Wesleyan has plummeted. Um, yeah. And Elmhurst is now in the conversation. But Illinois Wesleyan may be saved by the six teams in the tournament scenario oh, here.
13: Oh, for sure. Oh, for sure. Absolutely, Dave. I mean, North Central is an interesting piece because they lost really two significant players to season ending injuries. Yeah. And Coach Reardon and his team, I mean, I'm not really sure how they're able to do it, but they continue to win some great games and um, and holding on and only have two losses. Obviously, with Wheaton and Coach Schauer and Austin Francis right there, he's such a great, phenomenal player. And Wesleyan's an interesting one because, you're I think you're exactly right, they probably will be saved by the 16 tournament this year. They just haven't been able to close out some of those games. They've held some leads for a good portion, and just haven't been able to, no. to slam the door shut on some of those teams. It's unusual to see them at 4-5. and five. Every once in a while, I have to rub my eyes just to to see that but they've been so good for so long. So it'll be interesting to see how the second half goes for that.
0: Uh, before we let you go, 17 years, as you mentioned, and you will be hanging it up as it were after this already a decision on who's going to be uh, uh, taken over for you. But uh, just cause I'm curious, no easy way to ask it. Why now? And, and, and what's your future?
13: Yeah, that's a great question, Dave. And it's one that I've had a lot of practice answering recently, which is <laughs> really like a compliment more so than anything else. But um, it's been a great deal of fun. I've had a few health issues the past couple of years, and um, really need to spend more time focusing on those as I go forward. The next step for me, I'm not quite sure what it is yet. I've got some opportunities and balls in the air, trying to figure out really what I want to do and um, sort of figure out and pivot what's next and where I go. It's been so much fun to do wave the CIW flag for 17 years, um, and I'm excited about Marine Hardy taking over and leading um, things when I step down this summer. So. The short answer to the question there's still a few balls in the air trying to figure out which one I'm going to go with at this point, but um, I think it's just time for me to focus on some other things outside the CSIW, and um, this is as good a time as any to be able to do it.
0: We've done an amazing job, sir. Uh, I thank you for your time coming on the show. I've always enjoyed chatting with you. Um, in the past off air, mostly people don't realize, uh, and, and getting to the bottom of things, even at the convention. So I appreciate you taking the time tonight to join us. We always have a tradition on this show. We always leave the final word to the guest. Any final thoughts you want to share with those who may be tuning in?
13: Well, Dave, thanks. I appreciate the, the opportunity to be on. And if I was appreciated, what you and all the D3 sports staff have done um, for everything in terms of the, our association, our sports, our the programs, our student athletes, our coaches. Um, you are the unsung heroes of what we do in Division three. So I can't thank you enough. So when you ask me to be on, it's like, absolutely, that would be an honor for me to be on. So I appreciate the opportunity. to to chat with you a little bit here more formally rather than all the other conversations we've had sort of uh, off air, so to speak. So I appreciate all that you and and Pat Coleman and everybody at D3 sports do for us.
0: Well, thank you, Chris. Yeah. Most of our conversations are email text or every once in a while, a phone call. We we don't take the formality and it's too bad. We waited this long, but at least we got you on before you left. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, Take care of yourself, sir. Safe travels to Orlando. We'll look forward to hearing an update probably off air on how it all went. And we'll talk to you soon.
13: Great, Dave. Thanks
0: so much. Absolutely. Chris Martin joining us on the Blue Frame Technology Skype Hoopsville Hotline. We appreciate him taking the time. We'll take a break. When we come back, we'll jump into Maine, pre-recorded interview, but we'll talk to the senior guard helping lead Bowden to the number 1 ranking. Abby Kelly joins us. You're listening to Hoopsville. By the way, still ahead, Ryan Scott will join us as well. You're listening to Hoopsville, presented by D3Hoops.com, from the WBCA and ABC Studios. More Hoopsville when we return.
1: Being a part of the different activities and organizations that I've been a part of, I'm actually able to see myself where I'm like, hey, I actually can make a change. I'm one person that can make a difference.
2: Division three has helped me to develop teamwork skills, critical thinking skills, time management skills.
1: It's not just about basketball or it's not just about
3: school. It's about developing yourself as a person altogether.
4: Welcome to the University of Wisconsin-Eau Claire, home of Blue Gold Athletics. UW-Eau Claire has been ranked the top five regional public university for over 20 years. We graduate champions with the lowest debt and highest return on investment in the Midwest. Blue Gold Athletics is a Directors' Cup Top 20 Division III program offering 22 sports with almost 700 student athletes. UW-Eau Claire is about excellence in the classroom, the field of competition, and the community. Are you the next Blue Gold?
5: My name is Marcus Walker. I was All-State. Won a state championship, a high school All-American, and played college and pro ball. I played because I love the game. I grind to be the best. I sweat because I put in work. I'm strong because I believe. When I want to bring it before game time, I come to the house that college basketball built, the CBE. No matter your skill, take it to another level. Elevate your game right here at the College Basketball Experience at Sprint Center.
2: (laughs) I coined my definition of success in 1934. My definition of success is peace of mind attained only through self-satisfaction and knowing you made the effort to do the best of which you're capable. It's like reputation and character. Reputation is what others perceive you to be. Character is what you are.
9: We've got more schools than Division 1, more fans than Division 2, and more upsets than March Madness. There's 800 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over a decade. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division 3 basketball like we do. We're at D3Hoops.com at wwwd 3 hoops Dot
0: com. And welcome back to Hoops Hill, everybody, on this Sunday evening. If you are in New York and New England, I hope you're enjoying the show, maybe in front of a nice fire, um, maybe with a good cup of something to keep you warm. Uh, it has been, as we've mentioned on the show, not what we expected down here, but delays and, and cancellations nonetheless. So I am living vicariously through anybody who is up in the uh, Greatlands who are taking on the wonderful. Uh, winter weather. Not that I don't love the rest of you around the country. Uh, Ohio, the Ohio Valley got a good dose of snow as well, but eh, you know how it is. Uh, if you got questions for us, tweet us at D three hoopsville or hashtag hoopsville, email us hoopsville at D three hoops.com or join us on Facebook where we're simulcasting the show, facebook.com slash hoops. of course we're simulcasting on Periscope via Twitter as well. Well, unless something's happened in the show that I don't know about, this is a pre-recorded segment. If you haven't figured out from the graphics, Bowdoin uh, women's team is certainly one of the teams everyone is talking about this season. They are still undefeated at 17-0, 4-0 in NESCAC play. Um, they took over the number one vote from Amherst when Amherst lost to Eastern Connecticut. Of course, Bowden and and Amherst and Tufts have had some interesting and incredible battles in the NESCAC over the last few years and three of the best teams in the country. Bowden keeps clicking along, even though... Thomas Moore has nearly taken the number one ranking from them. They defeated Colby this weekend, 72-59. They will have, though, Amherst coming up next weekend, Hamilton and Amherst, and, of course, at home, which may be an advantage to the Polar Bears. To get a sense of how good is Bowden, or what does how what makes Bowden click may be the best way uh, to describe it. Instead, this time of talking to Adrian Scheibels, we figured we'd talk to one of the players and joining us on the uh Blue Frame Technology Hoopsville Hotline is a senior from the program. It's, it's Abby Kelly. Abby, thanks for taking the time. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Um, first and foremost, congratulations on what the season has been so far at 17-0. and 0. Um, Meeting expectations for what the squad set out when the, the season began?
7: Yeah, definitely. Um, thank you. Yeah, thank you for the nice words. Um, yeah, it's been really great so far. I mean, obviously, we're only we're only hopefully halfway there um and getting into conference play has been a lot different than non-conference play at the beginning but um yeah i mean we set high expectations for ourselves every day of practice you know and at the beginning of the season this is where we wanted to be and we just got to keep grinding and uh keep going and we're on
0: the right track somewhat easy so far and i don't mean that in a in a blasé kind of point but when you look through results there's only a handful of results that you can really take note of and go, geez, that that was a good game or, or that was close. Um, you had one early with Mass Dartmouth. Uh, that was a, certainly a thriller um, in the fourth quarter, finally pulling that one off. And, then, of course, Trinity Connecticut was somewhat close. Um, mm-hmm. Otherwise, really, you guys haven't had a lot – or Tufts, we should point out Tufts, uh, though that wasn't ended up not as close as I think many people thought. You guys haven't had a lot of close contests. Is that uh, – something that it makes it a challenge to stay focused to some degree, or is that the sign of focus?
7: Yeah, that's a good question. So I guess with us, I think going into practice, I mean, looking at the scores, yeah, I think that it's easy to say, Oh, Bowden's had a pretty easy schedule. They're blowing teams out. It's not, you know, sometimes we've even heard like, Oh, it's not as fun to watch because you guys are sure blowing everyone out, you know? (laughs) Yeah. But yeah. But, um, for us, I mean, us competing in practice every day is, is such such a challenge, and I think that has what has made it seem like these games are easy. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, uh, us the competition in practice, competition every day on off days, going in and working out together and stuff like that. The, the work that we put into practice and the focus in practice, bringing that every day, we're really focused on getting 1% better every day. Mm-hmm. And we bring that to practices. We bring that to games. We bring that everywhere mentally. So I think that, um, yeah, I mean, I guess we haven't had many close games yet. I mean, and going into conference play, um, has, like I said, has been a lot different and it's going to be challenging along the way. Um, I think bringing that into these games maybe has, has has made us ready. Has made us, you know, has allowed us to have these have these not very close games.
0: Well, and this weekend you kind of have that shock a little bit because Hamilton's coming in at nine and five, though they're zero and three in the right. conference. And then you've got right. oh oh by the way Amherst uh,
7: in <laughs> yeah. the
0: second game there. So certainly things are are ramped up a little bit this weekend.
7: Right. Yeah. Um, every you know every year conference play is just great. Like I think NSCAC play is the best. D three play in the country, just my opinion, you know, playing these Mm -hmm. playing these other teams like um in our conference. We're we're lucky that we get to play such good competition throughout the year. Um, every every year and everyone brings their A game to every to every conference game. So I think that this weekend coming up, you know, this the weekend against Trinity, the games that we've played already, Colby um, and all the teams coming up, I think that it's going to be a challenge every day, and we have to lock in on that every practice, every day,
0: Does before, the, before they come. Sure. Does the number one – well, let's get to that in a minute. Let me ask one more conference question, and that's the travel. Obviously, Hamilton is coming to you guys, so you don't, the longest trip is is not right. on your schedule. The second longest right. trip, though, is because next, the following weekend, you head off to Williams and then play Middlebury, and I'm figuring Williams is probably about six hours from you guys, and I don't even guess on how far Middlebury is because there's no straight <laughs> shot unless you take yeah, the straight shot. Yeah, exactly. Um, exactly. How do you? How do you? And, and, and it's relative for you guys. It's a long trip for someone in Texas. Are so laughing at this question, but from your vantage point, what you know? What is that trip? Those long trips like in conference action, and is it a relief that you only get them once every two years, really?
7: Yeah, I mean I mean obviously travel for anyone is tough, especially going to these long to on these long bus rides to, you know, Hamilton and Middlebury. Um so we went to Hamilton last year and you know, it's kind of it's kinda of fun for us to be together, like going on a trip away, but the road tough piece is just the biggest aspect of it. I think that um you know having fresh legs not just sitting on the bus like uh, sitting on the bus it's kind of like it i mean everybody has to be road tough it's a dis- disadvantage for everyone to anyone to be traveling and going far places and you know sitting on the bus for a long time um but being road tough is kind of what we um lock in on when we're going to these far places um but it's kinda, it's always fun to play on the road and kind of see what we're made of um when we're outside of our gym
0: sure. so. Um, Hamilton's a bit of a home game for you, uh, a little bit. <laughs> maybe a little bit of a family reunion. It's about about three and a half hours from. Where you where you are from, correct?
7: Yeah, yeah. It's only about three and a half hours. Actually, Middlebury's only two and a half. Oh, um, so Middlebury's perfect.
0: Yeah. yeah, okay. Yeah,
7: yeah. It's really great. So I get to see more of my family. They'll they'll have a big section when, when we go down <laughs> there, which is which is really awesome. And my sister went to Middlebury, so Okay. So we've made that trip a lot.
0: Yeah, Middlebury College just cancelled all your tickets. Uh they don't want you. <laughs> they are worried about. T- no, nope, no, no, they don't want any of you. <laughs> um we'll talk a little bit about your hometown in a minute let's let's go back to this number one question i had looming um what's it like to have to be quote unquote the number one team in the country and does that come with pressure from from a student student's point of view or do you guys just kind of wash it away
7: um well it's just been such an awesome it like it's been so nice to have people compliment us like that um giving us giving us votes giving us a lot of votes i mean Number one, like hearing that, it's like, wow, that's that's incredible, like really proud of our team, proud Mm -hmm. of ourselves, proud of us for doing that. Um, But we don't want to we try not to let it get to us. We don't you know, we it's it's right now for us in our minds like this may sound bad, but it's just it's just a number in our head. You know, we need to put in that work every day. We we put in work to be here. And it's going to be now we have a target on our backs. And we've talked about that. We've talked about not letting it get to our heads, being proud, but not letting it get to us and not letting us get complacent. And coach makes a makes a point of that every day and not getting one percent better um, and not letting that get to our heads. And, you know, it's even tougher now. Like I said, the targets on our backs, everyone's bringing us bringing their A game to us um, when they play us. And, um, I think that makes it a lot more challenging. It really does. Um, everyone wants to knock us off and we need to, we can't focus on that. We need to focus on us and ourselves and not necessarily our competition, but the competition with like within our team and, and ourselves and getting better and competing in practice Mm -hmm. and competing every day and pushing each other because, you know, all these teams are out to get us now, um, as, as we are hopefully like out to get everyone else um, and stay on top.
14: Um,
0: you say you guys don't let it get to you, but I'm curious, does does that mean it is a topic of conversation in the locker room?
7: Um, I think when the, when the polls came out, when we had first found out people were coming up to us, you know, in, in, um, around campus and stuff saying like, wow, that's awesome. You know, we saw it on Twitter, like, um, coach was like, this is an awesome accomplishment. Thank you for all the, you know, all the boats, kind words. Um, but we haven't, and people will bring it up to us outside of, Like I said, outside the locker room, outside of the gym, um, saying that, but it's not something that we discuss. It's not really like really proud of you guys. I mean, that was said when it first happened, Sure. really proud of us. We need to keep working. But since then it hasn't, it hasn't been a topic. The only time really brought up is we have a target on our backs. People want to beat us and we need to work. We need to work. So, um, it's not really a topic of conversation unless other people bring it up to us, you know, and we're saying like, thank you. Like, right. I appreciate it, but we got to keep working.
0: Do you guys let, let's jump ahead now to Amherst coming up. What's it like to play the mammoths? I've seen them in person. I know what GP gramacki's types of teams <laughs> are like. They're different. Um, and actually, I guess maybe from tops, you're seeing the same thing now too. What's it like to play either of those teams that are usually in, you didn't, didn't get this in the Tufts result this year, but this lockdown defense, we're going to slug it out. We don't really care if we score.
7: Right. Um, I mean, two great teams, like obviously two, two incredible teams that, um, compete with us every year. We compete with them. It's just tough. It's, it's a grind. Um, and you know, we're, we're lucky to be able to play them in the regular season. Like they make us better. And, um, yeah it's it's always a grind. It's always a tough, tough fog game um and we you know we're working towards it every day mm-hmm. um but we try not to focus on you know who who it is like we we have Hamilton coming up on Friday that we really right. need to lock in on and then Amherst on saturday um but you know it's it's tough i mean but the competition that we have in practice, we're pushing each other we're trying to make each other better one that 1% better every single day and it's a grind but like i said i think that we're lucky and we um are fortunate to be able to play them in the regular season um and you know know what they're about and and play really good basketball with them you know what i'm saying
11: yeah
0: Talk about your team a little bit. You're one of four seniors. There's two from Maine, one from Bangor, one from Presque Isle, which probably explains why you guys played Maine-Presque Isle this year. (laughs) Um, One from New uh, New Hampshire and one from New York and yourself. Mm -hmm. But then you got the rest of this very diverse, I mean as far away as Washington and California um, type of squad. Tell me a little bit about them and and what makes you guys tick.
7: Yeah, oh, I could talk forever about my team. I'm really (laughs) good. They're they're incredible. Every all the rest. I'll of the sit back, events. have a
0: drink, and listen. Go ahead. <laughs>
7: <laughs> okay, great. Um, yeah, no, they're really awesome. And yeah, it is people from all over the place, um, especially more California this year. There's two freshmen from California, yeah. um, first years, and um, it's really it's really been incredible. And honestly, um, when I was trying to figure out where I wanted to go, it was it was the team chemistry that sold me here, and I have not been let down. A bit. It's been incredible. And when I came in as as a first year, um, the the we had one senior, and all the upperclassmen were just so open and welcoming. And I I really do think the chemistry off the court has contributed so so much to our success. And I think it has. And I think that's about what our program really is about. And um, they, you know, we we've been here all of January. Like we come back, so we come back like many teams do, you know, the day after Christmas or the day after the holiday. And, um, we've been here and we don't actually start classes until this week. So we've just been hanging out here for the month of January, but you know, we go to practice and then we all kind of just like do our own thing, hang out. We can, you know, I can hang out with any person on my team individually and it would, I would have a blast. It's, we're close like that. And I think that, um, coach really focuses on that when recruiting and also, um, focusing on that bond to create that bond at, in the fall, right. When we get here. Um, and it's been really incredible. I, I could spend all day. I do spend all day <laughs> with them really all day, every day. Um, and you know, they're, they're amazing. They're so we're, we all encourage each other. We all support each other. Like yesterday such a special moment when the team came out and hugged me coach called a timeout like mm. that's just that's the kind of stuff that i just like you know i want to start tearing up because it's it's really incredible the support we have for each other and um but not just that it's the competitiveness and practice it's the pushing each other and holding each other accountable um on every play trying to do that um every day like i, I keep saying to get that one percent better but sure. you know we really do enforce that and you know, they really are. Everyone deserves all the credit for. It. Like you know, everyone contributes. Everyone mm-hmm. plays an in, a, in impactful role on this team, and um, I really do believe that to a, a great extent
0: uh we'll talk about the hug in a minute um two thoughts first if I was on your campus that long I'd be tempted to go down to Freeport just hang out at L O Bean instead oh yeah uh yeah and I've definitely done that before (laughs) (laughs) and everything L O Bean's probably bigger than your campus uh I say that jokingly (laughs) um uh, Bowdoin's got a good size campus um yeah but uh tell us a little bit of what it's like to play for for coach Scheibel's and 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 every well any assistant coach you had there but Really, Coach Schiebel, what's it like to play for her? And, and has it lived up? It's a little bit of a loaded question, but has it lived up to the expectations when you got recruited?
7: It, um, I've been really, really fortunate to play for Coach Schiebel. She is. incredible coach I mean just obviously you can tell from statistic wise that that she knows what she's doing um but we've gotten a lot closer over the years and being a captain it's been really interesting and really cool to see kind of ride that line between being a player and then kind of behind the scenes too which has been really cool I think for the three of us captains um and really all of the seniors in general um but I've been really fortunate we've gotten closer like I said over the years and she is just she's incredible she's I mean, obviously, like, we trust her and she trusts us, which is
11: mm-hmm.
7: both on the court and off the court just a really, really in, like unique aspect of, I think, having um, a coach that, you know, contributes that much time to you individually as a person and, and as a player. Um, but she also is just such an advocate for all of us. You know, she's she will support us with everything that we do. She'll call us in just to check on us, like, how are we doing? Um, and... So the off the court aspect is really like I said, really contributes I think to the on the court the mm-hmm. trust that we have with her, the relationships that we have with her. Um, and she you know, she has pushed us in specifically I mean, I can't really speak for everyone, but for me, she's pushed me in ways that, you know, I didn't even know I could go there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I think that I like as a person, I think when I look back on my college experience, she has contributed a great amount to how much I've grown. And I like, I really can't thank her enough for that. And I think that's something that not everyone can get. So I've been, really, really fortunate to have her push me, push my boundaries, um, but doing it in such a loving and caring way. Um, it's been really awesome.
0: Awesome insight. Thank you. I'm uh, really great to hear that point of view. We don't get to hear that as often as we should. Um, let's talk a little about you. Uh, we ta- You mentioned the hug. Okay. We should point out 1,000 points yesterday against Colby. <laughs> Congratulations. Thank I think you it needed 19 and, and walked past that rather easily. Um, <laughs> Thank you. What does the 1,000 points mean to a to, uh, a basketball player, especially in college, what is, what does that signif- signify to you?
7: Well, yeah, it, it, it's such an incredible accomplishment, and I want to start off with it being here at Bowden. The fact that I can play for I'm I'm one of the like I can kind of leave leave a piece of me here in mm. that way is really meaningful to me, and to and like my teammates. You know the thing that we kind of talk about is the fact, oh, maybe it's not talked about enough. Actually, is the thing is that so probably every player on my team could be in a thousand point scorer at a different mm. school, and I fully stand by that. And they, I think they all were in high school. Um, and this program, I think that shows the, I guess the selfless, like this selfless acts that people perform and what what we give up in order to be one be one as a team you know
0: what
7: I yeah i guess that wasn't well said but but you know everyone is so selfless and playing time isn't you know isn't a focus if we're doing what we need to do when we go in and other people are doing doing their part and i think that like i said i think everyone could be in a thousand point could be in a thousand point score on maybe a different team Mm. and i think that just is really incredible um but for me i guess yeah, I don't know. It's it's really awesome. It hasn't necessarily sunk in yet. I don't know if it's like if there will be a point where I'm like, oh wow, <laughs> I did it, you know, something like that. But in the moment, <laughs> it was it was really awesome. It was really awesome, and my team came out to hug me, and my parents had come and made the trip just for one game. Oh, and, Wow. Um, yeah, and you know, and my family watching back home. It it really does mean a lot, and um, you know, it 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 does mean a lot to my family and my home community supporting me. And my team, kind of, done it with all the players that I've played with, all the players that I'm playing with now, you know, my coaches—it's just been—it's really awesome, and it, it really, it really means a lot. It really does.
5: And
0: now your parents are stranded uh, in uh, <laughs> in the area because they can't get home uh, thanks to the storm. <laughs> They're going to enjoy Brunswick more than they wanted to.
13: <laughs> yeah, no, they
7: actually went home last night. They actually made it home. Oh wow! Storm, so I'm really Jeez, happy about they that. They drove back yeah.
0: last night. That okay? They Insanity. did. Sanity. They I'm, did. We're not getting into this. That's just. <laughs> Do they go via Canada or do they go do they drop down and head over? Curious. They drop down and head over okay. through New Hampshire, through
7: Vermont. Yeah. Jeez. Oh, yeah, it's a ways. But I know wait, they, they, they don't sacrifice. even do this
0: they don't even take the interstate way. Oh Lord. Yeah. Anyway, we're gonna that's gonna take us in a different direction. We've got to stop now. Um <laughs> okay, okay. congratulations on the thousand Thank points. You. Uh what is your major, by the way?
7: So on the history.
0: Well, we lost you a little bit there. You there? Can you hear me? There we go, yeah. So you just okay. about to tell us. is almost like it's a deep secret. We lost oh, you. Oh, it is. It is.
7: Close <laughs> your ears. <laughs> yeah. um, I'm a history education coordinate major.
0: Okay, so history education coordinate major. Yes. What is, I'm playing a little dumb because I know the answer to this, but to the viewers at home, <laughs> what does that
7: mean? So, okay, yeah. So with um, Bowdoin, you can't major. There's no major in education, specifically education. So what you can do is either minor in it, or you can get a coordinate. You can do a coordinate major, which mm. means that you would pair it up with another major. So I'm doing, uh, like I said, history, history and education. But um, some people do so, physics, you know, bio, sure. biology. Um, so it's really cool. They also have this part where you can stay another year, and you um, you can get your teaching certification for free.
5: Wow all right yeah, which
7: is really really awesome so if you if people want to take advantage of that it's it's really it's really incredible am i guessing um, that's what
0: you might be doing
7: <laughs> no <laughs> also, uh, I um I'm not doing that okay. but okay. I but it, it, yeah but it's um, really really great for people that want to get a degree and teach you know sure. somewhere in in public
0: school what are you going to do now that you've you've approached your final Ooh. semester I'm I, I, sorry I if I didn't tell you yet. You're approaching your final <laughs> semester.
7: <laughs> a lot of harsh words here. Um, <laughs> I am not sure yet. I, okay. I'm i still a little bit undecided about what I want to do. I've gotten my foot in the door a little bit with a few different things, but um, I'm leaning right now towards maybe working at a at a boarding school.
0: Okay, okay.
7: Yeah, so I'm not sure if I want to teach, but... Um, maybe teach, maybe work in athletics or work, um, sure. in admissions or something like that and get involved with coaching a little bit, maybe, um, okay. and, you know, be, maybe being like a dorm parent. I'm oh. not really sure that's, that's one road that I, that I think I might want to go down. Um, because I actually went to a boarding school my junior and senior year. Oh. Um, I transferred. Where'd yeah, you go? Oh, I, Kimball Union? Yeah. Kimball. Okay. Yeah. So I transferred there and I, um, repeated my junior year.
0: Okay. So Very I common. was there
7: my junior and senior year and, um it really it made a huge impact on my life. One of the best decisions I've ever made. And, you know, the mentors that I had there, the teachers I had, and the support that I had there um, was incredible. And it stayed with me. And I think that's probably what's pushing me to kind of do that because sure. the people that did that for me, I'm still really close with. Like my basketball coach has come to a couple games and I'm, I was really close with her. She's my advisor and a couple other teachers. Um, that really impacted me. And I'm like, you know, if I could do that for kids yeah. and have the same impact that they had on me i would be so satisfied
0: that explains then how you ended up at bowdoin because I, I you look at bombay new york which is located <laughs> for anybody who's not looking at a map up near canton on the northern side yeah. of new york state and anybody who's listening the show knows where canton's located um i'm thinking to myself how in the world did anybody find oh her or how did she find <laughs> Bowden? Um,
7: so I had
0: no idea. Yeah, so I can get it through the prep school. I, I get that totally as a prep school guy myself. I, I get that. But my, my question is, um, tell us a little bit about your hometown because that's up in the middle of <clears throat> nowhere. Yeah, definitely nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
7: um, Yes, yeah, so I live um, right in up New York on the Canadian border on a small Indian reservation. You're on um, an
0: Indian reservation. Yeah,
7: well right right off of it. But grew up there, um, went to went to school right off with a bunch of a bunch of kids in there. Um wow. my parents there. grew up there. Yeah. Yeah. Um so yeah, so my house is like right right off of the reservation. But once you get out it's like, you know, I could walk there. I, so by, my backyard ends there. Since you're so close
0: there. to it, does that mean you, you have some Native American in you?
7: Yeah. I'm half Native American. Half. I, Fascinating. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> My dad, my dad grew up with information,
0: and um, he's Native American. He's full Native American. That is cool. I, I mean, yeah. growing up near one in Maine myself, uh, we could go off yeah. on another tangent talking with Abby here, but po- <laughs> he folks really are did. like, come on, you've already talked for 20 minutes. Um, <laughs> really interesting. Uh, again, we could talk to you all day, um, but we got to get going. <laughs> but really appreciate it, especially considering there's a raging storm, uh, a winter storm yeah. up there in your neck of the woods. Of course, you're close to the to the shore a little bit, so you guys may not get in the fun part of it, but... I uh, appreciate uh, appreciate you nonetheless taking the time to join us. Um, good luck the rest of the season. We're we're enjoying watching Bowdoin. Uh We're enjoying seeing you guys succeed. Uh, as as we have a tradition on here, and we're throwing maybe a curveball at you, we always have the guests say the final word or have the final word. Any final thoughts you want to share with those who may be tuning in?
7: Oh, my gosh. Wow, you really put me on the spot there. Yeah, I tried to <laughs> slow walk
0: that one, but I didn't walk it slow enough.
7: No, really just thank you. Thank you for having me. Um, yeah, I mean, both has been incredible. And I mean, for me and everyone that goes here, all the athletes and the basketball team, it's just been really amazing. And um, yeah, I hope you watch us the rest of the way and I hope we continue to
2: do well.
0: Well, we, you've certainly impressed. We appreciate the time you took to join us. And uh, good luck the rest of your year. And we'll look forward to talking about the Polar Bears down the road.
11: Thank you so much.
0: Absolutely. Abby Kelly joining us on the uh, Blue Frame Technology Hoopsville Hotline. A couple of notes. First off, first time they were voted number one as a program since the the current Navy coach was running things at Bowdoin. That's significant for the polar bears. Second of all, she said boarding school. All of you outside of New England, or maybe greater New England, uh, boarding school's not a bad thing. I have to tell my wife this all the time. Uh, Boarding school just means you went to a high school that is... uh, Uh, has boarding. It's not the troublemaker school everybody thinks it is. It's basically a prep school where you stay and you don't go home uh, every single night. Uh, I went to one at Salisbury School in Connecticut. It's, it's, as she said, it was transformative in my life as well, so I can totally relate to that. Um, Thirdly, uh, really interesting to see how the NESCAC has changed, and talking with her, you can kind of grasp it. It used to be Amherst, 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 and Tufts made its its presence known. Now, uh, Bowden has gotten into the mix. Well, they're in the mix. They're not getting into it. The, that NASCAR race is certainly fascinating to watch. Uh, with that, we'll take a break. When we come back, there's plenty more hoopsle ahead. So tune in. You're watching Hoopsle presented by D3hoops.com from the WBCA NABC studios. More Hoopsal when we return.
3: Football has taught me a lot throughout my life. It's definitely had a huge imprint on who I am as a person competing at a Division III level. created that opportunity for me to go to college. Not only was I the first one in my family to graduate college, but I was really the first one to even go. Being the first one, I'm breaking that cycle. and, And now that I've graduated, I'm not sure what's the next step, but I know I have a lot of doors open. And a lot of those are open because I played football and ran track here at Otterbein.
11: For those of us who are Division III student-athletes, it's more than that. A lot more.
12: Sure, the game is important, but as we work so hard to build both mind and body, it's more about team.
11: That is why NCAA Division III teamed up with Special Olympics. And in giving the gift of sport to those for whom it seemed an impossible dream, we are working to make this a better world.
12: Help us keep that dream alive.
11: You can make a difference.
2: I'm a Division III student-athlete, and I know how powerful words can be. The term gay doesn't mean stupid, lame, or less than.
3: So I pledge to speak up if I hear the term gay used in a derogatory way or any other homophobic terms.
6: If you can play, you can play in Division III. I'm a Division III student-athlete, and my teammates unconditionally accepted me as part of their family. So now I pledge to do the same for others. If you can play, you can play in Division III.
9: We've got more schools than Division 1, more fans than Division 2, and more upsets than March Madness. There's 800 programs with over 11,000 games, leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over a decade. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division 3 basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com. Com.
12: We are the coaches of women's basketball. We are leaders and teachers, dreamers and winners. We are professionals who conduct ourselves ethically and with integrity. We place the education, safety and well-being of the athletes we coach above all else and teach them the fundamental values they need to succeed in life. We are coaches united for the good of our game and those who play it. We are the wbca
13: i'm cole vivian head women's basketball coach at merida college and a member of the women's basketball coach association
9: we hope you enjoy the show now back to dave
0: the answer to my question earlier is it's marietta's coach who just did that segment for the wbca we thank him for that welcome back as we wrap up this extended version of hoopsville here on sunday evening i am your host dave McHugh. if you got questions for us in this finale uh, Ryan doesn't realize this, but there is one quick question coming up uh, that Bob Quillman uh, did something about in the uh, chat board. Someone wants us to ask about it. If you've got questions for us, tweet us at D3Hoops or hashtag Hoopsville. Email us, hoopsville at d3hoops.com, or join us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Hoopsville, where we're simulcasting the show as we are on YouTube as well. Uh, A couple quick notes. We mentioned we'd go through the Women's Top 25. Uh, Again, something we're going to get used to. Thomas Moore idle uh, they will be idle for several more weeks before the next set of games not a ton of losses we mentioned Oshkosh losing but then they got past lacrosse 60 to 48 this weekend uh, both Oshkosh is beating both lacrosse in an interesting Wyac battle this weekend Chicago defeated Brandeis but then lost to NYU 66-62 um, you do wonder how much maybe the travel and the weather that they had to deal with played a role there Wheaton lost to Augustana, but then got back against North Park. We talked to uh, CCIW commission Chris Martin about that Augustana win earlier in the show. Uh, Lacrosse, we mentioned, lost. Whitman lost to Puget Sound. That was a surprise. They beat Pacific Lutheran 91 50, but then lost to Puget Sound 75 67. So you'll figure that the uh, 24th ranked Blues will fall out of the top 25, but they are still a very good team. And, and now I believe. Co-leaders on top of the Northwest Conference. Uh, Or actually, they're now a game behind George Fox. Uh, Oglethorpe lost to Rhodes earlier this week. Hopkins lost to Gettysburg. No surprise there, but it was a close game, 56-49. I think that says a lot for Hopkins in women's basketball. Baldwin-Wallace in the receiving votes category lost to Marietta, and Guilford lost to Lynchburg. That rounds out the women. Again, a little bit of a lighter week. One we've been used to most years, though this year it's been a little bit more interesting. Wins-wise, not a ton of games jumped out at me. Um, Illinois Wesleyan had a good week in women's basketball. Uh, George Fox had a good week. Um, Geneseo played only one game and won. Uh, Gettysburg got past both Muhlenberg and Hopkins. They had to come from behind to beat Muhlenberg. Uh, And DeSales dispatched Manhattanville 84-56. we were supposed to play misericordia this weekend. Uh, that game got moved because of the weather. Um, by the way, quick other note, Brandeis got past Chicago in men's basketball hats off to Brandeis. You might remember last week on the top 25, uh, uh double take with Ryan Scott. I had mentioned Chicago. Maybe he's a dark horse, but I wasn't exactly ready to vote on him until they got past this week. Well, Brandeis knocked them out. And, uh, and they, and they barely got past NYU, though apparently some interesting calls at the end. But uh, that's why I sometimes wait just a half beat uh, after a big week. But speaking of the top 25, double take. We go to the uh, Blue Frame Technology Skype hotline, which hasn't been branded on this graphic for some reason. But we do so anyway. And Ryan Scott joins us on the show. Sir, uh, thank you for uh, stepping away from the football game. I appreciate it. <laughs>
14: No problem, Dave. Glad to do it. This is actually the first football game I've watched all year. Oh, so. well, there you go.
0: All right, there. Well, we didn't really steal you for much. Um, we're going to do a tight segment just because we're so late on the show, but first and foremost, anything that jumped out at you this week?
14: Um, other than you just mentioned it before we came on, the Stevens Point losing twice was a little bit of a surprise. I thought uh, it might be a little closer to Hoshkosh than it was. Um, and then... Uh, Platteville, you know that, that's a good team, but but didn't expect that loss.
0: Yeah, agreed. Um, that we mentioned that certainly also at the beginning, and it's the Wyack. It's just Wyack crazy. Um, <laughs> we've gotten used to that just as much as anything else, have we not?
14: Yeah, it's a very good league. I think I think they may actually be a little a little deeper this year than than in the past.
0: Yeah, that's a fair point. They're, they're, that's very likely. Absolutely, good point. Um, all right, so we'd usually do. Um, we were going to maybe do some um, buy and sell this week, but uh, unable to, to get that done. So we're going to just do some uh, our usual grouping of dubious, dark horse, and debatable um, teams. And I always let you start with that. And so, uh, you're, obviously, we both vote for the top 25. Uh, we'll talk about some of your overall arcing thoughts on the top 25, but you can start with uh, whichever one of those three you'd like to start with.
14: Uh, let's go with the dark horse, Dave. Ooh. Um, I, uh, Dark Horse. I'm we should have... remind
0: our listeners is somebody who's not receiving votes or very, very, very little votes uh, that we think does, maybe maybe should be a little higher in everybody's minds.
14: Certainly, somebody we just want to throw out on the radar. And uh, the name I'm going to bring up uh, is Augsburg, Ooh. up in Minnesota. Um, they have four losses on the year, but it's an overtime loss at Bethel, uh, which they have since uh, have won on the return. And then they lost at Loris. They, they lost to St. John's in a triple overtime against St. Thomas. So um, it's hard. They don't get a lot of non-conference games there. They don't have really a signature win other than teams in their own conference. So it's hard to know exactly. But they have uh, Booker Copeland is one of the – he might be the best player in the conference. And uh, certainly an All-American candidate, um, really strong individual talent, and uh, they, they've been winning.
0: That's an interesting choice. Did I mention Rowan last
14: week? We both did.
0: Yeah, I thought I was going to be able to get away with that cheat game. Um, the answer is I can't get away with that cheat game. Um, my dark horse, then in that case, since I can't talk about him, um, and unfortunately, some of my other ones got way too way too many votes. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Oswego, and and this wasn't one that I I mentioned a lot in the beginning of the year, and actually I kind of dismissed them a little bit because uh, I just felt like they were going to go through what they were. Usually do and flash in the pan, but they're 13-2. and Defeated Plattsburgh 86-82 in their last game. Uh, I think they had a game uh, this weekend that got postponed due to the weather on top of that. Um, Their only losses were back-to-back games on the 29th and 30th to Emory and Denison. Yeah, the Denison one, I'll admit, is a head-scratcher a a little bit there. Um, Maybe they should have beaten Emory as well, but they're playing well. Yes, this gets into that conversation we've had in the past about Plattsburgh we had last week. About whether you know the, the the conference is strong enough to really give us a gauge there, but at the same time they've risen to the top of the conference. They're playing well, knocked off a top twenty-five team. Maybe we need to have them on our radar. So Oswego is my dark horse. Uh, my uh, yeah, my dark horse.
14: Yeah, that was one of the teams I considered as well. Um, I I don't know what to make of them yet. I'm not voting for them yet, obviously, but they're certainly a team to watch right now.
0: Yeah, I got I got to debate whether I'm voting for them as well. There's going to be some holes on my ballot, but we'll see where that takes us i mean there's we can go through the list and, and try and find some others don't get me wrong but uh, they they kind of jumped out at me so uh with just two losses they, they jumped out and really they probably want that week back in from atlanta anyway uh <laughs> yeah. I mean, otherwise they might be undefeated and they wouldn't be a dark horse um which is probably what makes them a perfect dark horse pick uh so where do you want to go next sir
14: all right, so we got to go to the dubious. Okay. Um, I think there was an obvious one that I'm going to avoid this week, and I'll ooh. let you maybe see if you can guess okay. who that will be going forward. But uh, put it on the bulletin board, uh, John and I'm going to say Christopher Newport is my dubious this week. Ooh, um, ooh. I, I think they're good. I've got them at 26, so they're just off my ballot this week. But I went back and looked at that schedule. They've out of their 17 games, only seven of those teams even have a winning record. And two of those are Mount St. Mary's and Huntington, who barely have winning records and aren't really that great of teams. Um, Christopher Newport has played three, that you would say, kind of top-level competition games, and they've lost two of them. Um, I think it's a good team. They've got some talent there. They're not as good as they have been the last few years. And uh, I feel like the voters might be working a little bit on reputation, and and they might be, you know, five to ten slots ahead of where they should be.
0: Okay, that's an interesting choice. Um, I'm not sure where you were going. I, in my opinion, there's two easy grab the fruit ones this week. Um, the apple picking is real easy for two. I feel like I, I can't go with, well, I wanted to say I can't go with both, or I can't go with both. I got to go with one of them, I think. Though let me just throw this out there right now Salisbury's definitely dubious. Um, <laughs> and I think Plattsburgh, we brought them up last week. I think they've proven they're dubious. I'm going with Stevens Point. I, I know Stevens Point is maybe a little too easy here because they lost games to Lacrosse and Platteville, though neither of them ranked. I know that the Wyak is tough. We've been saying that, preaching that for a while. I'm not surprised that Stevens Point loses games, but they're now 11 and five, sitting in the top 10. And granted, that will change with a close loss to Lacrosse and a close loss to Platteville. But that's teams that when Semling's units are—or those are games, I should say, that when Semling's units are really good, they're the ones who win. They're the ones who get the defensive stop. They're the ones who get the job done and come out with victories in those kinds of games. The fact that they lost two this week actually kind of scares me a little bit, and I'm wondering if maybe myself included, because I have um, them—I had them eight this week— maybe we put a little too much stock in the pointers on smoke and mirrors. I, I don't know. I, 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 it's easy because they lost two, and, and I, and I realize that, and I could be misreading this, but something about it makes makes me wonder if maybe we missed something.
14: Yeah, I mean, I dropped them 10 spots this week. Wow. Um, probably That's probably what I'll do. As, probably not as far down as, as maybe I think they should go. If you go back and look at the actual resume now, it yeah. looked a lot better before, and they had that overtime loss at Augustana early in the year where right. they looked great. But if you look now, they're a five-loss team whose best win is Illinois Wesleyan. And
0: that doesn't look great now.
14: <laughs> right. And we, yeah. were, we were judging and giving Illinois Wesleyan the benefit of the doubt because they played so well against Stevens Point. <laughs> yeah. You know, and so at some point, maybe they're pushing up against each other. Um, you know, it's a talented team with Stevens Point, but yeah. it's not a, not a ton of depth. Ah, uh, the post play is still a little bit uh, suspect. Um, they're a good team. They're a really good team. I'm yeah. still voting for them in the top 25. Um, but yeah, I think you're right that that maybe it's time to be a little skeptical.
0: Yeah, and listen, we've seen a team with not great post play because of height, with a really good defense go and win a national championship. But um, I saw them win these games, not lose these games that year, and and I think that's where where I'm sitting. So yeah, that, that's my dubious pick. Absolutely. Which, leaves us with I, I'm assuming I didn't pick the one you thought I I was you were you were teasing about no mine's still out there we got I to have a feeling might I think I know who it is but we'll leave it um, curious okay so now we go to debatable who's your debatable
14: well this is usually the one where we talk I think we decided after the win over Williams this week that Middlebury is a perfect debatable candidate yeah 14. Um, 14- <laughs> Five right now they don't actually have great wins on the schedule you're looking at it at something Not like anymore skidmore. Um, the williams won obviously but before that i mean it skidmore is probably the best win before that maybe bates um, they've mm-hmm. lost to good teams you know Keene, plattsburgh swathmore wesleyan and i got to see him at person in person when they were down here at swathmore and it's a solid team they're relying on freshmen and sophomores especially for the depth um, which is where, you know, that's the debatable part of it, right? We we don't know what team's going to show up on any given night. Right. Um, I think they got a lot of talent, but maybe it's a wait-till-next-year kind of situation.
0: Yeah, you know, they're killing me because everything tells me they're a good team, but you're right. They've got losses to Wesleyan and Tufts, Swarthmore, Plattsburgh, Keene. Oh, three of those are, are in the conversation, top 25. You could argue all five have been in the conversation. Well, they have been the last couple of years in top 25. They're, they're, that's not bad. But then you start looking anywhere else for a result. And, and I know they probably expected more out of Endicott. They probably expected more out of Skidmore this year. Um, but I can't find anything. And so I sit here torn. And they, up, they went and smoked Albertus Magnus, but that doesn't mean what it used to mean. I, I'm, I'm torn because I feel like he's got a good team. The win over Williams kind of tells us that. Grant, and it was at Williams by fourteen. But then so, I go look at the rest of resume, going, yeah, but.
14: So here's the one, the one little X factor we have to watch going forward. Um, they've had Griffin Cornicker there. He's been playing point guard this year as a sophomore. Right. He's, re- he's really good. He's really talented. We but should point had, out son uh, of
0: Rob Cornicker, who used to be head coach yeah, at um, at Saint John. Fisher. Saint John, right? Thank you.
14: But they have this kid, Max Bosco, off the bench who's been lighting it up the last two weeks. So the last two games against Albertus Magnus, away on the road and at Williams, that they really beat them up good, they moved Bosco into the starting lineup and got Cornicker coming off the bench. That changes a lot for that mm-hmm. team because you're moving your point guard off the floor, which changes his role, it changes everybody else's role on the floor. And they've got two wins out of it. So we've got to see going forward if this was just you know a, a kid on a hot streak, they're taking advantage of or whether this is really a good strategic move that's going to help them moving forward
0: well right starting unit now has a different distributor the secondary unit or at least some of the starter secondary grouping now has a different point guard themselves yeah changes a little bit the dynamic um and arguably you also bring in a real you're proving you're bringing in a really good player now in cornicker secondary i mean there's a lot of things who knows all the reasonings but yeah no that's I'm literally debating in my head. I, I can argue that they're good. I can argue that they don't deserve to be in the top 25. I removed them. Um, was It It was two weeks ago, I think. Yeah, two weeks ago I pulled them from the, my list. Um, but it doesn't mean they're off my radar. Sure. Because a win like Williams is going to put me right back into that throwing things at the wall stage, um, trying to figure out who they are. So that's good debatable. I agreed. I thought it was a good one. Um, any other top 25 thoughts or things you think we might see tomorrow?
14: Um, I don't know. We've got the, uh, it's, it's tomorrow is the, uh, St. John, St. Thomas matchup, right? Correct. I St. Think.
0: John, St. Thomas plays tomorrow. It won't affect the polls because our data is already in for the, the voting and St. But John's our, oh, is coming off of a really weird
14: the same time. So, <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, St. John's is coming off of a really lo- strange loss to Carrollton.
14: Yeah. Um, you know, you're going to get those here and there. Um, yeah. Carrollton. Um I mean, yeah, did you look at the box score for that? I want to pull it up again. Um I know it was wacky. It was a real strange. So Stokeman had over for ten from three point land. Right. And then Lucas Walford had foul trouble, only ended up playing nineteen minutes. Um Carrollton had just, lost
0: two in a row coming in, has lost um six of sixteen. Yeah. That, or one six of sixteen. They've lost ten this season.
14: They shot nineteen percent from three and beat You know, a top ten team, which is just strange. But you know, I don't think that's indicative of anything going
0: forward. No, just makes me scratch my head more than anything. And and by the way, St. John's had a chance down the end to to pull it off anyway. You know, to Mm -hmm. hit some shots that they could have won it. So, but that'll be that'll just add fuel to that to that game tomorrow (laughs) Monday night. Yeah. Um. There was one question brought up by our friend Bob who is definitely it. jumping a little too early, but it's not like it hasn't been in my head, uh, on the boards, I don't know if you saw it, that asked the simple question that the Men's Basketball Committee may have a major problem. We've hinted at that with, us, with, us, with the Northwest Conference, but now we've got this scenario where you could have Nebraska Wesleyan, Whitman, maybe Loris, Augustana, Oshkosh, St. Thomas, Stevens Point, though I think Stevens Point's falling out of favor here, um, maybe back in the mix here, Whitworth, who knows what's coming out of the Sky Act. You could have all these really good teams sitting on the western side of the country with not a lot of traditionally easy ways to break them up bracket-wise. Now, listen, we've got still, what, five, six weeks of basketball before we get to the point of really needing to worry about this. And, and as this week has shown, Teams can kind of dismantle a little bit here. But we also don't have a lot of good teams, thanks to the hopes of the world, who are kind of on the eastern side of that grouping that are going to allow for some easy 500-mile directional things here. Um, We we might have to see a committee who comes up and gets some extra little bit of cash to break some teams up, or we're going to see some brackets of death, potentially.
14: So this is the low-key question that I've got. And, and you know, next time you talk to Sam, maybe we can ask about how this is going to go. Because Sam's now they've made the decision to do the all-division championship twice in the next 10 years, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Are they going to work extra hard to save money on the off years to make sure they've got that budget no. out?
0: No. That money, I already know the answer to that. That money's been already pre-delegated by the presidents. That's... Not a money that needs to be saved. Second of all, there is a rainy day fund in place. Okay. Um there's a there's a mon- million dollars plus or something that's been set aside just in case budgets go haywire like it did a couple of years ago and we got in a lot of trouble. Um, so no, we don't. Th- there's no need to save money. That money will be allocated already.
14: Well, so we then all are four is is Linfield to make the tournament and that'll help force one of those teams someplace yep. and I you know I've or got a, a lot or a second
0: Skyak throw it really into to a whack, though I don't think that's as realistic right. as those who posted it on the board.
14: No, I don't think that's super likely. The I mean ultimately I've got a lot of faith in, in the committee mm-hmm. uh, to do as good a job as they can. The one thing they, they have been good about is making sure that the the two brackets that end up farther west don't end up playing each other in the first game when we get to the, the final four. Well, that um,
0: rotates. Sometimes right. that ends Which up happening. An,
14: another, way to, another way to keep it separated a little bit. Yeah. Um, but they, they, they
0: rotate. We're gonna get, I think we're going to end up getting that every few years. They I rotate mean, the bracketal matchups, but who knows what they're thinking this year. There's, there's nothing written in stone about that.
14: Especially um, St. John's is not ideally located geographically. Uh, right.
0: <laughs> no, that's the thing. Is, you know, we mentioned all you know, those were mentioned, but there's St. John's is in the mix. The second you know, Stevens points the secondary Wyack, but really, I think it could be lacrosse uh, at this point, and things can change. Yeah. You technically have the secondary CCIW team. You, you've got these others that, you know, as one person pointed out, Elmers can't get to Nebraska Wesley and the others can. Great. But as I pointed out, you also need to somehow get these teams out of there moving eastward. And you may not have hosts that are close enough eastward because, again, hope is is not going to host at this point in time. Y- you might need yeah. the western I mean, side of of Ohio to to be in play here, and that's no guarantee right now. There, well, there, we could have a very interesting gap in the middle of the country that we needed teams to be located in there, and they're not there.
14: Yeah, um, well, one of the things we might be. Uh, uh, looking at is is um and again asking sam i know they don't like to do this but giving the the third team so to speak in the pod a hosting gig because of geography
0: you mean um, in the first weekend
14: right yeah um, yeah you, know, you could see nebraska westland had to go to wash U last year because washu was really good i just i don't know if you'd see a similar thing happening again this year because I mean, they want to reward the top away, yeah they know?
0: want to reward the top teams but maybe for yeah that's i mean. Let's just as a what if, as a as a as a not a worst case scenario, but as a what if. You know what if they do decide, listen, to balance this bracket properly, we are gonna go to a non top seed to host just to allow us to use the five hundred miles the best we can. That's you know, that's an interesting scenario. I, I don't know if I'm for or against it. it
14: well, it, it all depends on what the list ends up with. You right. know, we've we we got some five, six weeks of basketball you had a team like Maryville last year who could go to St. Louis or Atlanta, right. You know, and, and hopefully we can get some of those again, that, that give you some flexibility and some options. Um, Well, I think you have
0: a few. My worry is the rest of that region who can't get out. So you have no choice, but to make a bracket that features them.
14: Well, I mean, one advantage is, is Augustana, is in a good spot. They probably are going to host. You can bring some teams down that way and, and push yep. some of those that are in Illinois. We're really getting into the weeds yeah, here. We're you getting can the weeds. push some towards Ohio. There's going to be good teams in Ohio that deserve to host. Um, you know, at this point, I'm not overly worried about it. The only thing will be, you know, it's a real travesty if, if Whitworth and Whitman have to play each other this year in in the first weekend of the tournament. That would just Assuming
0: be. everything we assume now. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, right. I
14: mean, those. They are as good – they're better than they have been together combined. Agreed. In agreed, Ever, at least yeah. since I've been following for 20 years. I no, mean, this is the best Whitworth
0: tra- team I've seen. Arguably, this is yeah. the best Whitman team we've seen. I agree with you. I absolutely agree with you. And I remember last year the committee tried to move them out. But, again, we're getting into the weeds. We can talk more about this when we turn into February.
14: When How likely they are to pay for an extra flight. That's the, yeah. Well, but, you know, again, there's a lot of other opportunities that, you know, you, who knows? Colorado College winning a right. a conference tournament. You know, or
0: well, one uh, more team in Texas got picked last year. If it had Laterno gotten in, they've got a host. Suddenly, the whole yeah. equation changes. So, yeah, there's a lot that can.
14: Get I don't know around. what Pomona's SOS is, but you could see them. You know, a one loss Pomona team. Sure. Or I guess they'd be two losses, losing in the conference tournament, something like that. Yeah. Would give you a lot more options. So right. Um, no, I, Sam's interesting topic, certainly.
0: Interesting topic. We'll see where it takes us. Yeah. Sorry, thanks for the time. As always, we'll talk to you soon.
14: All right,
0: sounds good. Ryan Scott joining us on the uh, Blue Frame Technology uh, Hoopsville Hotline on the top 25 double-take, as we call it. Um, I just forgot to call up something, so bear with me a moment. Oh, come on. Sorry. Uh, I meant to call up our read for aforementioned... um, Hotline and and I d- I didn't do it. That was a mistake on my part, and uh, I need to do it. So bear with me while I get out my special read. Um. Now I got to find it. That's the best part, and I buried it. There we go. Here we go. Um, blue frame Technology on the Hoopsville Hotline. Guests on the Hoopsville Hotline are courtesy of the partners at blue frame Technology, and their industry-leading produ- production truck software. If your college is ready to showcase, um its teams to a reliable and innovative video streaming service that won't break your budget. Blue Frame's advanced digital broadcast tools will help take your broadcast to the next level. Learn more today at visiting www.blueframetech.com. That's www.blueframetech.com. So there you go, folks. That's going to be wrapping up our show. We got to get going. Hope you enjoyed it. Thursday, we'll be back on the air with primarily East Mid-Atlantic Great Lakes and West region teams and the WBCA Center Court. Speaking of which, who do we have lined up for this year's this week's Blue Front? Uh, we will be talking to Oberlin in women's basketball on the WBCA. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Hope you enjoyed it. Our guests, of course, thanks for them coming on as well. From Lynchburg, Hillary Scott, from Rowan, Joe Crispin, from Gabrini, Tim McDonald, CCIW Commissioner Chris Martin from Bowden, Abby Kelly. Uh, of course, sports information directors from all those schools uh, for helping us get them on the air. We really appreciate their time and resources as well thanks for tuning in everybody hope you enjoyed tonight's show we'll try and do it a little bit tighter next week you've been listening to hoops presented by d3hoops.com from the wbca NABC studios for our partners at d3hoops.com wbca nabc and blue frame technology thanks for tuning in everybody remember if you want to talk about division three basketball you've got to watch hoopsville we'll see you back here on thursday evening good night everybody